I got 10 fingers and the middle ones are for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and go. go. What up, ladies and gentlemen? Once again, coming to you live from the undisclosed Hoth base, Rebel base. Mm. Uh, mm. I am the, uh, well, one of the co-hosts of this little podcast we call PS mm. Comics. I love you. Spreading mm. the comic nerdum. Uh, all around this glorious uh, world we call Earth. And uh, mm-hmm. we thank you for once again joining us uh, on a belated uh, Monday night this time. Mm-hmm. Not because I think he's over there or yeah. there. Or, or probably th- yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, one of my favorite movies is uh, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. And I swear every single time we open up this show, I think about those little bullets that uh, Eddie Valiant had. Yeah. And he goes, which way did he go? He went that way. And then they just get all screwed. Great movie, by the way, still holds up. And people always talk about one of the greatest cinematic uh, achievements in um, cinema history was mm-hmm. Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Mm-mm. I I call your Marvel Cinematic Universe and I raise you a Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I dare you to say, I dare you to get Warner Brothers and Disney to get along, let alone Warner Brothers to get along with anybody right now. But we'll get to that mm. in just a couple of seconds. I am Kevin Pell, the voice of reason at Voice of Reason 23. I am the Jedi Master for at least for the next couple of weeks. The man mm. over there, over there, like when, when somewhere, Wipers, somewhere. Yeah. Uh, he is J.R. Kumbakungan, a.k.a. Yep. the Sith Lord, a.k.a. Darth Kumbakungan at Voice of, oh no, that's me, at also <laughs> not J.R. Comics 42. <laughs> What up, bro? We're back to up, Mr. Man? Monday Night. I know, dude. So this time it's not because cool. of you, it's because of me. I know. It usually is me. And cool. But yeah, uh, was, uh, we had a pretty busy weekend, so so yes. understandably. So, guys, we might uh, this might be a little bit late or, you know, knowing Kevin, what are deadlines? But, uh, oh, wow. Cool. I got a Gatorade. It's trying to keep my ass awake, dude. I've been sleeping, like, earlier nowadays i think it's my age catching up to me now where like i sleep like around like eight or nine o'clock now and I wake up oh, yeah. at freaking 3 a.m we're, we're <laughs> digging in, we're digging into my my sleep time right now so i, I know for those before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's mm-hmm. podcast which of course at its core is our star wars series and let me give you kind of a, a kind of a halftime report here what we're doing this was jr's baby this was jr's idea uh way back a couple of months ago hey let's go a Let's do a deep dive on our personal mm-hmm. take on the Star Wars saga. What inspired yeah. it, you say? Arguably mm-hmm. one of the best television shows on the planet right now is The Mandalorian. It's in season two. It's available mm-hmm. to stream on Disney+. Plus. I think there's five episodes in season two. You have all of season one to watch. Yeah. If you are a Star Wars fan and you haven't watched that, shame on you. Hey, okay. hey, hey, hey. I have not watched yet, sir. Okay, because, I'm because talking about people. Podcast. There are people out there who haven't even seen The Mandalorian, period. Have not seen okay. season one. Shame yeah. on them. JR <laughs> has a reason. Uh, he's like a lot of people. They, 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 Netflix has kind of trained us mm-hmm. to, to the art of the binge. And so <laughs> Disney Plus, and same thing with like, uh, we're noticing now with Peacock is doing the same thing and, and HBO Max. Is yeah. they're not giving us bingeable content. They're giving us yeah. weekly, kind of weekly episodic, uh, much like we're used to on terrestrial mm-hmm. television. But 
we'll get into uh, to stream or not to stream here uh, momentarily. But what we're doing is we're kind of watch along style. We play the movie in the background. We kind of have it floating so we can kind of give you the uh, the tale of where we're at. So with that said, get your handy dandy controller. This is not a plug for Apple. Uh, <laughs> Blu-ray, DVD player, VHS, if you want to go old school and watch the, the regular editions, I don't blame you. I just don't have them. Uh, hmm. And uh, we asked that you get ready, get to that main menu, get it queued up to zeros. And JR can't because he is, uh, are you still rocking the low bandwidth over there? Yeah, man. Like, I wish I could, man. I, I watched that film like two or three times a week. So I, I kind of, I, I have a decent JR knows, memory. JR knows yeah. what he's doing. Uh, we are watching this week. For those of you who need to have it queued up, if you haven't already seen uh, in the description, it is The Empire Strikes Back. And mm-hmm. um, I had to come up with the clever uh, title last week for our podcast because JR just had A New Hope. In, oh yeah, in, I forgot the about. Well, like I, it's I all like good. I just that, I like mine. Uh, what was it? Uh, a new hope yeah. to save a franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so have it queued up to the to the triple zeros. Get ready. Get set on your mark. Set three, two, one, and we are going to play as yep. soon as my my screensaver. Uh, <laughs> there it is. The 20th Century Fox theme. Um, yep. I have to correct myself. This is the the uh, the order of importance. I mentioned last week that A New Hope um, was like the first movie to come back with the 20th Century Fanfare. When they were on the DVDs and Blu-ray, they had it. Um, the, the Blu-ray was the last one to have uh, the, the original trilogy to have the 20th Century Fox Fanfare. When Disney bought Lucasfilm, they released the digital copies. Empire... And Return had the new Lucasfilm Limited logo, did not have the 20th Century Fanfare. Only uh, A New Hope had it because that was the only one completely owned by 20th Century Fox. It wasn't until Disney bought 20th Century Fox that we've seen now the original trilogy has been um, uh, given its uh, 20th Century Fox uh, Fanfare. And I believe also the prequels also got the original yep. theatrical uh, yep. ki- uh kind of kickstart that was yeah, synonymous yeah. with that movie you yeah. you heard that you heard that 20th century fox fanfare and you knew what was coming next the big beautiful blue letters a galaxy far far away mm-hmm. uh so we're getting the crawl it's return of the it's empire strikes back that's what we're watching mm-hmm. it's episode five so five yep and uh this is where it gets interesting uh and we'll so get it yeah by the way, one uh, it was the first movie. Well, it was the second movie he ever made, but it was the first movie yeah. not to feature George Lucas as the, uh, the director. director. It was yep. uh, went to Irvin Kershner, who a lot of people mm-hmm. say was the savior of the franchise. <laughs> but I guess, uh, yeah. so we're going to start with uh, it's going to pan down. A lot of people say there's a pan up, does it pan down? Does it not pan? It's panning down. We see the imperial. Uh, destroyer coming right out of his it's a beautiful uh design yeah i wanted we were talking about um we were talking about vehicles last week yeah and the cool factor of vehicles is one thing but we think about going back to the 1970s 1980s the architecture of these battleships i mean i wonder what mm. went through the art designer to create it like that I'm that pretty imperial sure star it, destroyer is so beautiful I mean, 
Yeah, but I'm also pretty sure he was inspired from the dart at the time because I remember it was during was it 19 1980s. This is 1980, yeah. 1980. Uh, I think heavy metal just heavy metal released what 19 1979 maybe 19 like around the, because the the I know that the arc direction for around that era too was one heavily inspired because of Star Wars, you know, the first one, but also the the art design and just how everything was made was also heavily influenced by like um there was a there was a certain there's a certain Japanese artist mm-hmm. at the time where he, he had his 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 style was like very like he made a lot of like mechanical women of the time and that was translated heavily into like the art in the eighties or metal or like the metal stuff in the eighties because of his art. And so it was it was the architecture was was a a pro, was like a a product of its time per se, right? And you see a lot of these like sharp edges. You see a lot of like, you see a lot of this like just heavy mechanical stuff. I mean, it was you, you if you know where to look per se in the eighties, you know the 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 direct inspiration from specific um, from specific artists, specifically with Star Wars, especially with Empire Strikes Back. Granted, like everyone's gonna have the the synonymous setting where like you know, okay, the the first thing you see is a freaking star destroyer out there, this huge galactic ship out there like oh that's stars movie instantly like this is the second time technically right it's technically the second time in in uh uh in the franchise where the the starting the start of the movie comes with a big ass ship just looming past this this uh this planet i guess the second time it happened and you see that uh yeah we see that progression every single time now like you know what you're in for when you're watching star movie but before we get into the actual star movies guys we should get into news and notes for the week Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, you want to take over? Or want me yeah, to I'll, I'll get us because I know you are just ready to chomp at the bit at this one. Uh, yeah. We'll start with the big news from this past week. Uh, it was, I believe, last, uh, I think it was like t- last Monday or Tuesday. Um, uh, yeah, last week. Warner Brothers awoken a sleeping, sleeping giant in the form of the the Hollywood press um actors directors producers and stuff like that warner brothers arguably at uh, right now the i mean probably for the sake of argument the the biggest studio on planet earth warner uh, warner brothers has been around for over a century uh they've have so many great film credits to their stockpile reason being why a company the size of at&t bought them out um, it was going to take a telecommunications company to buy them out. They did. They bought out. They have such a magnificent library of content. And they mm-hmm. instantly created another streaming service, HBO Max, which I thought from a content standpoint is pretty damn good for the money it, yeah. it's worth, which is $14.99 a month. And a lot of people were like, great, another streaming service. We thought we had yeah. it at Netflix, Hulu. But when uh, everyone says we got to get our we got to get our hands in the cookie jar, Peacock made theirs. Disney Plus. Disney really was the 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 the, uh, the medium that uh, you knew it was all over. That everyone was going to want to get in on this action, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's where it kind of ended. Well, Warner Brothers uh, awoke the sleeping giant in the form of Hollywood last week when they announced that their entire 2021 slate. Now, of course, they had other news yeah. on this on this big uh, press release or big meeting last week. But the big, the big bullet point was this. Their entire 2021 movie slate will be released uh, in its entirety on release day on HBO Max. Now, for those mm-hmm. of you who are thinking, 
well, 2021 is going to be kind of light, right? Well, technically 2021 is going to get started on Christmas day of this year when Warner Brothers will release arguably their biggest movie of 2020 in the form of Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas day on the streaming platform, no premium access needed. You just have to have 15 bucks a month. Uh, Movies coming in 2021 that we'll see on the small screen and the big screen. If it's available in your area, if you are, if you're, uh region is not covid restricted when it comes to theaters and then there's quite a few out there that are not that are that are not restricted i can tell you one place that it's not res- that is restricted is the entire golden state of california so <laughs> um no politics um mm-hmm. movies that are expected to come out in 2021 on hbo max and in theaters are the little things starring denzel washington tom yep. and jerry starring chloe grace moretz now we're getting to the biggins right off the mm. bat. Godzilla versus King Kong. This is a movie, JR, that a lot of Godzilla fans, a lot of, what do they call them? Um, uh, Komoji, no, what do they call them? Uh, Kaiju. Kaiju. Kaiju fans have been waiting for since probably what, 2016 when the new I Godzilla came out? Freaking, I'm pretty sure longer than that. The well, old, like, there we, is, we haven't seen a yeah, good Kong versus Godzilla in, in decades. I'm, we haven't seen, I mean, the, the last Kong versus versus godzilla was wasn't even really a king kong versus godzilla type movie it was it was an ape monster isn't an ape kaiju so it wasn't traditional kong traditional kong yeah yeah we are getting to see the traditional kong but by the way if you have not seen the um the legends cinema um the legend was a little legendary legendary yeah is that what it is yeah Um, legendary uh yeah if, if you have not seen their monster universe uh which first started in 2016 with godzilla then kong skull yep. island then mm-hmm. uh godzilla king of the monsters you are missing out on some is it yeah. are they gonna win oscars no no but you know this is it's <laughs> you're there to, you're there to watch monsters, monsters. fight each other it That's is it. so good they've done a great job at establishing the kaiju um uh universe the 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 monster universe um mm-hmm. excellent brian cranston was great in the first uh the first movie. oh yeah. yeah um and uh again i uh, highly recommend it um i don't want this to be too loud <laughs> i don't want to get, get he's uh, doing that i'm gonna just name up some more movies guys mortal Kombat, which is mortal Kombat, which is um is actually getting rebooted it's supposed to be uh it was it's supposed to be in development right now and it's supposed to be re- it's going to be releasing 2021 the conjuring devil made me do it another I think that's the fourth movie of the franchise now on your franchise space jam new legacy starring lebron freaking james that's getting that actually surprised me i didn't know yeah. that was coming out this year yeah yeah or next year uh and that's going to be interesting to see too suicide squad as well is getting pushed back to to hbo is, is getting is going to release in 2021 and it's going to be going to be streaming on the hbo max matrix 4 with keanu reeves and that's that's interesting to me. Like you, that's that was slated to be like what late twenty twenty one too. So they're yeah, well, really thinking. Well, on. actually, wasn't Matrix Four supposed to be this year, or was it next year? I think it was. Next, I'm pretty sure it was next year because okay, I'm pretty sure that was when we were supposed to get Keanu Reeves Day, which was Matrix yeah. Four and John Wick Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, no word on John Wick. I I don't know if they that movie ever went into production. Um. The the big ones, Jr. That surprised me are Godzilla versus Kong, mm-hmm. um, 
oddly enough, Space Jam. But then again, at the same time, I, I have a feeling that movie was never going to get a theatrical release anyways. Um, it just... Oh, no, it, it was going to. It was, it, LeBron James was the biggest athlete in, in, in America. He, it was going to. Yeah, so Godzilla vs. Kong, Suicide Squad was like, whoa, like that's that's a biggie. Yep. Uh, yep. Matrix 4, yes, kind of surprised me. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not surprised by this move because people have been talking about doing this probably going on 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, when VOD, which is uh, video on demand, mm-hmm. kind of hit it mm-hmm. big on cable providers, um, there was been talk about would people pay extra on their cable bill per month and get a- access day of for first run movies. And for the, again, those who don't know, know that uh, the lingo first run movies are this list right here, mm. Kong versus Godzilla, the suicide squad, matrix Four, wonder woman, 84. Those are first run movies. Those are movies that are going to be uh, seen in theater designed to be seen in theater uh, are budgeted to be seen in theater um, but we've seen them doing a test run because other than those kinds of movies, people don't go to the theaters. Yeah. You see a bump about this time of year for holiday movies. You see a few tent poles around Christmas um, and you see the Oscar movies come out, the yeah. artistic movies. Uh, yeah. come about this time of year. So you see a little bump during the holidays, but really truly theaters have been on the decline for 10 15 years maybe longer than that yeah um so anyone that wants to say that streaming is killing the the theater business i mean covid's killing the, the theater business because you can't you just can't go yeah. um but i mean this has been they've been talking about doing this for years and yeah. Warner brothers just had the balls to freaking do it um i mean yeah uh one uh it, it was it's kind of crazy like we all knew this was kind of coming too just to just the sheer you the last five years specifically has been pretty telling of how movie going is going to is going to be because like we, we even look at just regular tv if we if it, if movies go by the wayside like how tv is going you could stream everything now off of you know streaming websites you can stream any tv show you can stream any any you can even stream live games right like like sports games on yeah. your on any on your device of choice and so all it really is just you know picking a, a certain bundle of you know networks to to work for you i mean us the, the sony has there's its own bundle network microsoft has his, i think its own bundle network oh <clears throat> you, you could have roku and you can look up live sports and all this other stuff so like it's not so far-fetched to think that movies are going to go the exact same way you just you know pick a pick a certain streaming website it'll have their own type of bundling where you can watch you know certain movies earlier and like it, i feel like this was it was going to happen eventually just covid just really rocked just really just put the pedal to the gas on that on that type of um time of standing go ahead i was to say uh, the I, i've been talking to some friends of mine and some other people mm-hmm. about this and they're like oh my gosh this is bad news and like oh, i was talking to jr before we started recording that there was an article in the hollywood reporter that came out earlier today that christopher nolan said that um, this is going to single hand like Warner Brothers is single handedly going to kill the industry that has made them the the, the pioneers mm-hmm. in this industry. And I see where he's coming from. Yeah, um, I see where. But here's the thing: What do you expect Warner Brothers to do? I mean, you're naming 
you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine movies, not ten movies, counting counting Wonder Woman starting Nick this month. Mm-hmm. You have ten movies, ten eh, more or less tentpole movies. Let's say half yeah. of them are, but um, let's say you get ten major releases in uh, over yeah. the next uh, over the next twelve. Uh, 10 to 12 months you mean to tell me that if we we stay in the dire straits that we're in because let's talk about this to, to kind of backtrack california the, the 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 extended tightened restrictions on the state of california have been rumored for the, like the last 14 days yeah. uh since since things since thanksgiving um mm-hmm. that we were going that california was going to go into another extreme lockdown Almost to the point that there was rumors that it was going to be worse, that they were going to shut all businesses down. They were going to go full Italy where only emergency services were going to be open. No businesses were going to be open. Um, So there was talk about that. So Warner Brothers did the only thing they could think that you have, you just named the largest, the largest, uh, most popular, I'm sorry, the most populous state in the United States, the Hmm. sixth largest economy on planet earth. And you just said, you can't go to the movies for at least the next three weeks. And that's, that's a given. I mean, you're talking about state of California. I mean, the only way to get state of California out of, out of the purple is if we lower the, 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 the infection rate uh, over the next three mm-hmm. weeks, but even then we're not going to jump right into yellow and go to go, yeah, go back not. to the movies. So you have to assume that California is not going back to the theaters. Mm-hmm. What? Three, four, five months, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So the most populous state, in the United States, the sixth largest economy on the planet isn't going to the theaters for at least six months. You can't sit there and tell me that Warner Brothers is going to delay at least Wonder Woman another six months. They're not going to. So, JR, I present to you this, this, I know hypotheticals are difficult because you're not in the proper mindset. Yeah. But let's go with this. No COVID. Mm. No COVID. Uh, And did, uh, Warner Brothers is going to release Wonder Woman this Friday, okay? Which would be the 11th, December 11th, okay? Yep. I think that's what we have have it on. Anyways, it's going to come out yep. this Friday instead of December 25th. Okay. No streaming. Oh, you know, what? take that back. I take that back. It's going to get released in the theaters. Full release, IMAX, THK, just full board. You're going to see it on the big screen, okay. and it's going to be available on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Where do you go? HBO Max. See, now I'm torn. Now I never saw a Wonder Woman in theaters the first time. I saw yeah. it on the small screen, mm-hmm. but that's a type of movie that needs to be seen. I probably would go. Me personally, I'd go. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, now, okay, let's go down the list. Godzilla versus Kong. Let's say it's coming out this Friday. You have an option to either see it on HBO Max. No COVID. No COVID. COVID never existed. Yeah. Godzilla versus Kong is coming out on Friday, both on HBO Max and the big screen. That I can probably, because I'm also, I could probably watch, maybe HBO Max, but at the same time, I could probably watch in theaters. It's just more so like, I want, I the reason why I don't want to watch Wonder Woman in the theaters is because there's going to be that one freaking asshole that like is going to freaking talk through everything that's happened through nearly every superhero movie I've watched in the theaters. As the, that's, that's just my own personal preference, but like, it's a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I'm means- there to watch. It, I need. I'm there to watch. I'm there to watch it on a huge ass screen and like just have Godzilla's roar blaring through my eardrums. Right. I need to hear that. Right. Oh. That's one of them. But like at the same time, 
I, I feel like I would probably watch Godzilla King Kong versus King Kong maybe a month after it released. Still in theaters, absolutely, but that's just yes. my own personal. Now, it should be noted that this Warner Brothers deal, Warner Brothers is going to release these movies on the small screen and the big screen on the mm. release date. However, at the end of 31 days, it will come off of HBO Max. Now, mind mm. you, it's only going to be available on HBO Max. No VOD, no digital download. This is strictly a HBO Max streaming. You can watch it as many times as you want. You can watch it back yeah. to back to back to back. Oh, who gives a shit? Okay, mm-hmm. but after 31 days, it's exclusive it's back to the theater. Yeah. And then I think after three months, it goes to its typical digital release, HBO yeah. Max, VOD, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. Um, now the oh I was gonna say too. Um I think that was the point I was gonna make, but I I, no. people are waiting for disney to jump on yeah. this i just don't no, see no. them doing yeah. it it's not only that but like i lo- like i also think like i i look at it from like in, a, in a, an economic way in the sense of like business for 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 Warner bros i see these things like tom and jerry godzilla the conjuring space jam su- like suicide squad uh there's also i'm gonna include dune in this too dune one woman suicide squad Already, those right, those three by themselves from the production value center, it looks like it looks like it's gonna cost them like at one point five billion dollars, maybe one point something, like close to like a billion dollars at least, just production wise, yeah. right? So you're so you're basically gonna tell me, like if if it was my ass on the line, right? You want me to lose a billion dollars because people aren't gonna watch my movie? Forgot about right? the super destroyer. Sorry, the the, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. the 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 imperial super destroyer. Because I remember that I love this thing. Just just so we can bring it back to context real yeah. quick. The Empire. Mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see an imperial destroyer dwarfed by a larger starship until you see oh, this, yeah. the imperial super destroyer, which of oh, course yeah. is the ho- uh, housing unit for um, Darth for Darth Vader because mm-hmm. his battleship, the Death Star, has been obliterated. It's, it is yeah. no longer. Anyways, so yeah, just just kind of fall back and like. Just looking at three of these movies, man, three to four, all these movies there are probably going to cost you like 1.5 billion just for production wise, right? When you add in, when you add in advertisement, yeah. like how, how are you going to recoup that? Right? Like you want, okay, we're going to sell it. We're going to put it into a movie, right? Where at max, maybe 20 people sees it per se- per session. Yeah. You got to take into consideration that it, it, even yeah. best case scenario, uh, most of uh, America's theaters are still at a 25 20 to 25% capacity um yeah. max capacity now it should be noted too that these are just what's going to happen here in the states um we do know that uh, as far as i I've, I've read warner brothers still plans to release these movies at at their normal scheduled date internationally okay. these mm-hmm. movies by the way yeah, they make a killing in the United States. They probably will make their money back on a U.S. on a domestic release. Mm. But you take the domestic release out; these these movies still make a killing overseas, most notably China. So these movies now, Mulan did not do well in China. <laughs> that that was kind that. of to be expected. It's a movie. It, it's it's a it's a propaganda more. Some people look at it as a propaganda movie. Uh, for and by the Chinese, and the Chinese didn't buy it. Uh, so, uh, okay, that we we it, hold that it, topic discussion when you, it, when you it, have, yeah, when you have your director, your writers, and your 
production managers, right, are all white people talk, telling stories of Chinese people, you're going to have a problem. So there's that, there's that, that there's that topic too. So um, yeah. speaking of directors, uh, I have to give a shout out. I'm not going to say anything, but mm-hmm. a very Robert Rodriguez style episode of uh, this past week's Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe because that's right. The famed director did direct Robert Rodriguez, the man who, of course, helmed the, I just had to throw this and I just kind of remember, reminded me what JR mm-hmm. said. Robert Rodriguez, of course, known for doing the El Mariachi trilogy, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, El Mariachi, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, Desperado, uh, Spy Kids, Sin, um, Sin City. Sin City. Sin City. Um, those movies, he's, of course, Quentin Tarantino's and mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's like best friend. Mm-hmm. He did an episode of The Mandalorian. He did this past week's, by the way, such a Robert Rodriguez episode. It was so good. Um, again, JR, I, I can't wait for you to watch this season. Stop um, talking about it, man. Stop talking about it. I know, it, bro. but I'm just saying, I had I'm to bring it up because it, like, it, it was like, I was sitting there, like, there was something different about this episode. And I know that Mandalorian season one had a kind of a, a round table of, um, of, of about following about five directors this one we've seen them branch out um i know that um what's his name um the guy that plays uh was it carl John weathers Favreau? no 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 the guy that played that's buddy buddy the he was the guy that gave the bounty out um oh oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyways one of the actors yeah. got to direct an episode and of course we yeah. saw dave filoni uh did two weeks ago the weekend of, of thanksgiving so mm. nonetheless um just again shout out robert rodriguez did a great job on this past week's um mm. mandalorian so guys I, we can get into this whole discussion about hbo max uh, and i'm sure we'll get into a streaming wars uh yeah, episode eventually. because um but uh i give this move a c plus it's good for the consumer 15 bucks mm. uh, basically he's gonna would have bought one ticket to go see these movies in the theater. So if you're a family uh, going to see yeah. movies like Tom and Jerry, Space Jam, Wonder um, Woman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, great job for us like hardcore fans. Movies like Godzilla versus Kong, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. The Conjuring, Suicide Squad, The Matrix, Dune. We were probably going to go see those by ourselves, but in a group. Yeah. Um, I know, like us, the two of us, we typically have gone to see these movies with the guy with the crew from Asylum. But mm-hmm. still, we're looking at shoot just alone. That ticket's twenty five dollars yeah. to go see these tentpole movies. Um, this is yeah. a steal. This is a consumer win, and I get it. Big business uh, is going to mm-hmm. take a hit. Um, I know this. Uh, I know again. Again, if you have a chance, the, the Hollywood Reporter um, article um, does kind of slam Warner Brothers uh, and saying that a lot of these companies are heavily leaning on their streaming divisions and we're seeing that with disney because really that's the only thing that disney's turning out right now Mm -hmm. um so again we'll we'll have to do a whole streaming wars uh we'll do do that eventually it's just more so as more content comes out and and we get closer to these big releases so yeah i I mean it's just yeah it's just it's just weird to be like people want to pick and choose whether or not to believe in the the pandemic or not especially when it comes to money but i understand whatever but you mentioned a movie you mentioned a movie yeah we didn't talk too much dune Features Dune. a guy from the Star Wars uh, yeah. universe. His name is Oscar Isaac. 
Yeah. Dude, you've got looks like uh you got yourself a little uh movie coming out based on another franchise. Possibly, man. He's attached like uh I'm hoping it is the freaking truth, man, because I Sir Isaac, right? Uh he's attached to Sony Pictures film Metal Gear Solid to play Solid Freaking Snake, man. I'm happy about that. Have you seen this? Have you seen have you seen the picture of him? Possibly I have being not. A- uh no, you I did I'm sorry, I did see it. I saw it on I think yeah. I don't know, on Nerdist posted it. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't yeah, I yeah. didn't know what I was looking at until you mentioned it. Yeah, it was so basically. Uh, for those who don't know, like, uh, really early into Dune's, uh, I, I uh, when they first showed the production sh- uh, still shots of of Dune, right, the character mockups and everything, yeah, you yeah. see this particular shot with uh with Oscar Isaac and Timothy Chalet as they're going into the sandpit, right? But they're in armor, and the second that he looks left, Oscar Isaac, right, he looks his beard, the his gear, he looks so much like Solidus Snake, which is in which was in the Mega Solid, uh, Mega Solid two i think yeah number two and um people are like oh snap he looks so much like freaking snake and yeah uh he uh oscar isaac when he was in when he was playing in a recent movie said that one of the one of the, one of the questions he asked for is like he was asked like you know if you had you know if you had a possibility to play you know a, a, from a video game franchise he goes i want to you know i want to play solid snake <laughs> he's, he's like i won't put my hat to solid snake and Hey, he was a, he's attached to it. He's a they Nerdist actually put out a Nerdist put out a an article saying that no not no deadline that's deadline or deadline Deadspin one of those company one of those one we'll get it we'll get the right we'll get the right article out there, but they they said that he is attached to the Mega Solid franchise now the movie and I am freaking excited dude it's based oh, off the long running yeah. franchise game it's it is based off the long running franchise game that dealt with tactical espionage and close quarter combat. Uh, Metal Gear Solid as a video game franchise is it's it's like the first half is uh you got fifty percent of it is based on reality like you know close quarter CQC gun takedowns you know um you know using gun using particular guns and attachments uh, stealth and espionage the other half is very Japanese orientated if that makes sense like there's a lot of Japanese like uh fantasy in it ja- a lot of Japanese anime inspired crazy stuff right and like i'm all for it dude i i like it man <clears throat> and um he, i'm hoping uh hideo kojima who is the creator of the whole franchise i know he's attached to the film but we have not uh, i don't know what we ha- that hasn't been said like, like how a pro- like a producer or something like that yeah if he's a producer or if he's like you know writing the story or if he's you know being some type of you know um some type of um what's we're looking for um some type of um resource i guess yeah oh, like okay. a better term some some type of resource for them to you know check, kind of fall back on and you know have any type of say down, but yeah, that's I thought that was cool, man. I thought that was cool. Another. Uh, By like, the way, we're at this part. Oh. And this is wasn't this one of your far your your favorite parts with the uh, with the I guess I guess it's an not necessarily an A wing. I think it's just a um, I think it was like a it, Hoth speeder or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think we well, yeah, the speeder. For those who don't know who are who aren't watching on video, we're at the we're at the Hoth assault scene. Yeah, right. Where snow, a, these, it was a snow speeder. That's what it's called. Yeah, snow speeder. Yeah, you, where it's you know you have these huge freaking adats and you, you have these huge adats and um and um what's the other one? Um, the ATST. Yeah, ATST. There you go. I don't know. I don't know there. if the two the two legged walkers are in this. There, there, um, there. So, uh, but uh, I, I promised you um, a, a story. I don't know if I, I told this last week or not, but hmm. um, my cousin had a scale model of these, the ad ads that I'm growing. If you're not watching on YouTube, shame on you. 
Um, if you're if you're listening to the audio version on on the podcast platforms, we're talking about the four legged walkers, the big metal walkers. You've, you've seen them in Rogue One. You've seen them in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, you've seen them in the ba- movie, uh, the video game Battlegrounds Two mm-hmm. uh, for PlayStation Four. But my cousin had a full scale model of the, these, and of course, it's that old classic 1970s 1980s um, action figure plastic, uh, mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. It was probably about I don't know, about two or three feet tall. I mean, it was a big thing. And he had it very meticulously put into his closet when he didn't have it out in his bedroom. And I remember my other cousin, his younger brother, were playing around in his in his bedroom and we were trying to find, I think we were trying to find a video game system in his mm-hmm. closet. And we reached up for it and we pulled it down and it came tumbling down on top of the AT-AT and crushed it and destroyed it. And this was in the mid 80s so like 19 i'm probably mid to late 80s because he had it for a while Um, so we're talking like 86 87 in that range so we're talking over 30 years later he still does not let me forget that and nor do i expect him ever to let me forget that but um that's one of the cool again um such a cool looking device and I, i always it's one of my many things is i would love to meet with george lucas and or the art director or the or the uh the uh, not the art director but the guy who designed the mm-hmm. ships and stuff like that and say what was your inspiration and like you said there is a lot of um mm. asian uh, or chinese uh kind yeah, of yeah, angles to it and stuff like that mm-hmm. but very neat so um again uh going back to what jr was talking about um metal gear solid uh coming to a pot well, it's optioned it's not like in production or anything it's it's they're they're oh, going it's, to a, it's early 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 production so it's pre-production then they've yeah. signed Os- oscar isaac to be yeah. the lead so mm. yeah so um that... yeah and i've heard nothing but good things about the video game like a good story video game yeah so yeah yeah it's um it's a uh, it's I'm, I'm just excited for it i'm just super excited for for that to see where they can go with that but yeah speaking Another... of good speaking of good writers <laughs> And I use the term loosely. How dare you? Okay, come on. He can. He's. How dare you? No, just he's he's hit or miss. He's he's, definitely he's definitely more miss now than hit. But okay. Yes, but when he's on, (laughs) he could be one of the most prolific creators, one of the most prolific comic book writers in our in this generation. We're not. I'm not putting him on the level of Stan Lee, and 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 a. uh, and some of the the greats that came before him, but Brian mm-hmm. Michael Bendis and Dev David F Walker both are excellent mm-hmm. writers, both working mm-hmm. for DC. Uh, created a character called uh, Naomi mm-hmm. from DC Comics, and it is set to appear on the CW, the home of DC, the DC uh, uh, television universe. Mm-hmm. Um, Jr. I've I vaguely ever heard about. Naomi, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably more up on the. I hate to use it. As, I hate to call it a fringe character, but it's not it's, your. It's not your mainstay. It's not. It's. It, um. But this is Bendis's wheelhouse. Bendis likes it, to create these kind of characters. I mean, I, I. There's a whole bunch of other politics that go into too. Like the only the only main reason why Bendis wanted to go to DC is just basically make characters, right? Yeah, he, he, wasn't, he, he wasn't able to do it anymore at Marvel. Not, not anymore because he, he has a horrible tendency to like make characters and not do anything with them. 
Yeah. That's, there's there's that. Yeah, there's, I'll give you that. Jessica Jones kind of. Well, okay. It, this falls into this point as well. He has made uh, ever since he came into DC, right? He has had his own semi universe created into it, right? Yeah. He was given Superman to write Superman, basically all of Superman's you know family and the whole arc, right? Well, he creates Naomi, right? It's it's part of his uh, Bendis universe or Bendis um, storyline where he has like five or like four or five other characters in his universe, and um, yeah. Naomi's one of them. And it's very much akin. It feels like he's in, he's interjecting himself into the story because Naomi is actually adopted. Is an African American character who's adopted by white by white parents, just like just like Mendes is. He had he actually has two adopted daughters who are African American, and granted, he has been said he has said multiple times that he wants to make stories for his daughters. Yes, I get that, understandable. But when you put yourself in the actual freaking comic book by being an old white dude <laughs> in the from Oregon <laughs> in the book, I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, anyway, regardless of that, Naomi is a uh, Naomi is um, is about a story of a girl. I I don't know how much I want to spoil from this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Go right ahead. Okay, so basically Naomi is this story of this girl who she was adopted through different means because she was actually from a different universe, right? Her uh, She was from a prior universe, and in that universe, it was very similar to our world. They sparsely had superpowered heroes or superpowered people, and when they did, when they did, uh, they had like 24 or something like that, right? Like 12 of them, they had this hor- the horrible war. 12 of them went elsewhere. They all couldn't have kids except for this one except for Naomi's actual mother. And then she gave birth to Naomi. And then I guess the world about to be destroyed. And they were all, they were zapped into uh, the DC universe where she was then adopted or was then where there, she was then, you know, taking on the care of the people who adopted her, right. Who, who was from her original universe. And yeah, she was just basically trying to find who her, what her powers are and like the origins of why superheroes come to her part of the world or her part of town. And so it was just this whole thing. And that was basically it. Uh, it's, it's a decent. It, it's. It, I read like maybe one or two, right? One or two. Uh, actually read it, and then I kind of like just glossed through everything else. Kind of got the gist of it. I. I, it I, don't, was, think I, I don't think I collected the Naomi. I did. I like. I did a little bit. Like it. It went up crazy one time because it's because it was one of Ben's first you know characters that he made in the DC universe, and so I got a couple of copies of it. <clears throat> I mean, hey, cool, whatever. I I, I do know that director uh, Ava Duvernay. I, I'm no, just butchered the hell of her name. Uh, she actually is going to be uh, heading it out. She, I think she's going to be showrunner slash director for the whole thing. So she did Selma, Wrinkled Time, When They See Us. So yeah, it's going to be heavily inspired. It's going to be heavily inspired by African American African American influence, which is good, right? So it's even though David F. Walker has had a lot more input into writing the character. It'll be told from it'll be told from I guess a a a very uh, a very nuanced perspective from Ava. So cool, great, awesome. I go to that. Can we move on? That's yeah. as much as I'll say about Bendis' work. Um, yeah, I, I was looking to see if maybe I, I collect. I don't think I collect any of the Naomi books. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, as we're recording this on Monday, I just looked down at my phone for a moment and saw some unfortunate news that would probably uh, fall under our, our geekdom. Um, the legendary, uh, um, I guess, pioneer of the 
Space Age. Mr. Chuck Yeager passed away today at the age of 97. Of course, he mm. becomes, uh, back in 1947, became the first American, um, as a matter of fact, the first man, period, to fly faster than the speed of sound, October 14th, 1947. Um, of course, uh, he single-handedly launched the space age, which uh, led to um, great things, uh, which of course ended with the uh, well, not an end, but it kind of culminated with the landing of the uh, landing man on the moon back in 1969. So um, we could get into a whole uh, story about uh, uh, Mr. Yeager, but uh, Godspeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that means. Uh, more to him than anything today but 97 years old dude lived a good life uh and uh man could you imagine what did you do at 24 did you break the speed of sound because chuck did uh damn uh, could you imagine going 700 miles an hour at 24 (laughs) not really not really of course he also inspired the movie the right stuff of course i believe it's that and another documentary streaming on uh, Disney Plus. So we'll move right along so that JR does not have to think about Brian Michael Bendis any longer than he has to. Uh, and let's get to some good news because though it is not official, it's unofficially official, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. We'll go to another streaming service. Disney Plus uh, has gone into pre production or actually has gone into full fledged production of Hawkeye, one of the many TV shows that originally announced in Hall H. Um, back in July of 2019, Hawkeye will feature Jeremy Renner as he trains his new apprentice, uh, Kate Bishop. And it has been long rumored, uh, that, um, Haley Steinfeld, I mean, Mm. almost from the moment they announced the movie or the show that, that Haley's name was attached to playing Kate Bishop, that she was met with his knee executives and marvel executives to play uh some uh, a marvel character and if you really look at kate bishop as a whole Haley steinfeld kind of looks the role for for kate mm-hmm. bishop um but of course it was again officially unofficially figured out when we saw jeremy renner post a picture on instagram of his chair on set in a yeah. subway and then the next thing we know eagle eye fans post a video mm-hmm. of Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld running through a subway on yeah. a presumed film set. Um, mm. But uh, what do you think? Um, I mean, Kate Bishop has become a more prominent character in the last five or six years. Yeah, her own yeah. run, um, mm. her own uh, Hawkeye storyline uh, or a book, which a lot of people are saying is going to be the inspiration for um, the series. For the series. Uh, that Hawkeye book. Uh, let's see who's the writer on that one. Uh, I'll pull it up, but uh, it's been a minute. Yeah, but I think it's still. It, I think the last issue of it was like two years ago, maybe a year ago now. Yeah, it's 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 had it had a a, a short. Kelly Thompson was the writer um, on that one, and I believe uh, received a lot of acclaim for that one. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, some some really great uh, um, some great great uh, artwork. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned writer whose name we shall not mention uh kate bishop had some run-ins with jessica jones and jessica drew or spider woman um in Mm -hmm. her last series so maybe could we see the crossover 
Who knows? Uh, possibly, possibly not. Possibly. But oh, well, just uh, just the casting for uh, for for Haley Steinfeld. One, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Haley Steinfeld. I always yeah. loved her. I loved her when she was in True Grit, dude. She was freaking amazing. Oh, great dude. True Grit. Oh my gosh, dude, she just to be on just to be on screen with freaking um with Matthew with Matt Damon as well as um I forget his name, man. His name escapes me at the moment, but uh uh the old the old the old man basically just be on. To be with those two giants on screen, but then the whole, at the same time hold like not just hold her own, but like kind of push them to kind of meet her level was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm so I'm like I've been a fan of Haley Seinfeld for a while now, and so just her in that one, her in the more I, I loved her in uh, I loved her in um in Bumblebee. The yeah, I haven't uh, seen it yet, but she looked like she was good in that. It was actually a good freaking yeah. Movie. It was a good. It looks good. It was, the second that you give Transformers to a different director that is not Michael Bay, that's not Michael Bay, it Michael becomes Bay. a good movie. <laughs> it becomes a good movie. So I, I just, it was a good movie. It was I had a lot more heart. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that she's the MCU. I really am because she, she brings a lot of, honestly, a lot of credibility specifically because it's uh, when it comes to young actors per se, right? Because like we have a lot of because we've seen you know Marvel cast a lot of young actors before kind of not not really well known per se but you have Haley Steinfeld who I think she won an Oscar dude she won an Oscar for True Grit she won an Oscar so I'm like you have an established star right who is what 21, 22? could possibly be in your films in your franchises for the next possible decade. To, to help helm all that stuff heck yeah dude heck and that yeah. is the plan to jr nailed it right on the head that mm. the plan is for uh Haley to be at the forefront of a new team and of course uh in the comic books um she had originally i think she made her debut as a member of the young avengers uh i know that in the current run um at least last uh, her last major appearance in book form was uh, she was a part of the West Coast Avengers, yeah. uh, which was led by Clint Barton, uh, aka Hawkeye, um, and also featured my one of my favorite characters, Gwenpool. But we won't get into that. But it was kind of a hodgepodge of of bit characters in the in the the, the um, uh, West Coast. Uh, the, the West Coast Avengers did, had a short run, uh, but. Yeah. It, it was a it was a fun little uh, um, fun little comic book, but yeah, no, uh, I fully expect uh, as typically happens with Marvel movies, it usually gets a comic book treatment. Now we of course just recently seen mm-hmm. Marvel release U.S. Agent um, in its own in his own uh, self titled book. Of course, we know that U.S. Agent is mm-hmm. going to be um, the one bad. of the villains in uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know that Eternals will be getting a new launch. Of course, Eternals is a movie that mm-hmm. will see its, uh, see its release in 2021 on the big screen. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of stuff. So I would not be, I would not be surprised if uh, we don't see a yeah. new uh, uh, solo run for... Um, Oh, for yeah, for Hawkeye and and, and uh, Kate Bishop, yeah. yeah, it's about to happen. So that's cool. I, I saw some of that stuff, man. I was uh, I was generally surprised, not generally surprised, but more so like, yeah, like all right, cool. Yeah, I could definitely see. I I, I honestly thought, I, I honestly thought Haley could have been 
a more well-known character per se. I, maybe, maybe you could have put, maybe you could have put her as possibly as Tony's daughter. If she was Tony's daughter, I'd be okay with it. Definitely could. I still but think like, that they are they're they're leaning on what's her name? Uh, uh, the, what's her name being? Uh, yeah, yeah, because they said that uh, Robert Downey Jr. has come out that there was there's plenty of chemistry between him and and the actress that played. Um, oh my gosh, I can't think of his daughter's name in the movie. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Morgan, uh, Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Yeah, yeah. All I can think of is his eccentric uncle. Um, but, uh, yeah. nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I, there was some chemistry there. I know that it was a deleted scene, but, uh, um, mm. there's talk that Morgan Stark could be, um, could make the move to a quote main roster, uh, Avengers and be, and be on the young Avengers. That's yet to be seen. We do know that there is a uh, pre-production for Riri Williams. We do know mm-hmm. that they are of course in production for Miss Marvel. So a young Avengers yeah. type team is coming. It's coming. And of course, they have said that they are banking on Tom Holland um, mm-hmm. being around for beyond, I think, this exact deal. Because they've, they, right now, the Disney Sony deal only has one more Spider Man solo pl- flick and two uh, spin off appearances. But we do know mm-hmm. that um, Tom Holland also is probably going to exist in the Venom verse, the, the Sony mm-hmm. Spider Verse. Um, but we'll we'll see all Spider-Man 3 is gonna be crazy. So we'll see what Tom Holland yeah. and Spider-Man goes. Um moving along, it's more streaming stuff. Netflix has officially canceled um after its fourth season, Sabrina, the chilling adventures of Sabrina. Um mm-hmm. I tried, I tried desperately to get into that show. I literally mm-hmm. made it one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh didn't like it, couldn't stand it. Um you know, those who, who follow me on social media know that, um, A, there, there's no secret. I, I'm, I'm a religious person. Um, mm. uh, you know, I, I, I'm a Christian and believe in God and Jesus Christ. But I can watch. I can get down with my bad self. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, that toted a heavy line for me. Um, it was a little too dark for my taste and I mm-hmm. wanted to like it because mm-hmm. I knew it was going to do the crossover with Riverdale and, 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 and I really liked, uh, the actress that played Sabrina. It looked mm-hmm. like the comic book Sabrina, mm-hmm. but they just pushed it too far on yeah, in some cases, hey. but well, you only watch the first episode. I, I know, say that. I know. And I, maybe I'll go back and, and just and, skip and, episode and one I- and go into and I'll say this: They push it farther than that. Oh, I, I've seen, I've seen some <laughs> clips. I, I I've mean, seen okay, some stills and stuff. But I, I guess, man, like I'm not religious anymore, and so just that didn't bother me. Like I saw, like I, mean, I, I it, get, just, I, it was a little. I guess I, I mean, when you have witchcraft in the thing, it, it like it, for the longest freaking time, yeah, religion and witchcraft. There's like the pagan things, whatever, yeah. right? But at the same time, like okay, okay, uh, off. I'll be off my thing a little bit, my my pedestal a little bit. If if you're really really about that Christian life, then we should at this point, then uh, as a Christian who believes that you you shouldn't be celebrating Christmas then because that's that's a that's it's a, a pagan holiday. Around. It's a pagan holiday as well as Halloween as well as as well as Easter at that point too because Easter specifically before wasn't the wasn't the birth of Christ it was actually way before or the the resurrection of Christ it was way before that anyway but that's not the that is another hero no, there no it, it, it just 
it wasn't even the the religious because I can sit there and I can watch yeah. um you know I, I, I can yeah. watch devil stuff and just okay yeah. I mean, you look at Harry Potter. I remember when when I when when my sister was a young kid. No, I'll go. Uh, you know, my sister when she was young got into Harry Potter and the books. Mm-hmm. My grandmother, who was a devout Christian, um, As, didn't could magic. did not did not quite appreciate mm-hmm. Harry Potter because she just saw it simply as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she didn't see was okay. My sister, who grew up in a Christian home and stuff like that read the books and it got her reading it and it, it, it stimulated the mind. It didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't make her second guess her faith. It didn't make her mm-hmm. get into witchcraft and start wearing pentagrams around her neck or anything, but yeah. it got her to read. Mm-hmm. They were interesting stories. Um, Sabrina, again, maybe I'll give it a second chance, but there were just, when you're basically it, it, parts of that delving yeah. into yeah, the there, book of was, Satan and, and it was heavy and I get it. It's fiction. It's just silly yeah. nonsense, whatever. Yeah. But it was just like, and plus I have to think about it. I was like, I can watch a dark movie and yeah. if my kids come around and I'm not quick on the draw, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, um, I, I need to be. Yeah. So yeah. Th- there's a lot of elements to it. Yeah. I, I'm not judging those. Again, it's one of those shows like, yeah, I, I, I'm not happy that it's canceled because mm-hmm. I want shows like this to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like, you. what's yeah, it's just not for me. Yeah. I did hear though that the creators for Sabrina are not giving up hope. There's talk that um, much like the, the, the Marvel shows like the defenders mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, Netflix is canceling it, but that doesn't mean that it's over. And I think mm-hmm. that they can release the rights almost immediately like another studio can pay them out or something like that yeah, yeah. but there is talk that um it is already being shopped to hbo max and uh, and other streaming platforms so yeah. we'll see which is I, I mean like that's just how covid is gonna be like uh, that's what happened with uh the more recent one too actually is going to the next point warrior right which i i surprised the hell like i didn't know for the longest time there was a there was a show called warrior with asian americans that's based off bruce lee's freaking writings right where he wanted to do the original thing we're like oh let's do a thing about let's do a thing about in san francisco where it's all about chinatown and you know just young up-and-coming guy comes into it trying to find his way through his asian american and where he went and bruce lee's gonna pay him he's in his second freaking season and i didn't know about this man and i watched it i watched i, I binge watched it for a little bit and i'm like oh what the hell and just to find out that it's being canceled because of covid and a lot of these shows were being canceled from your streaming website from some of my favorite shows too are being canceled because of covid and it, it's that's horrendous too so warrior is a show based off Bruce's writing writing that has been canceled guys that was on what's the streaming website i think uh it's it's i watched it off amazon and so if you want, if you have, if you guys have Amazon prime, it, there's like a seven day, uh, a seven day thing where you look up a seven day subscription, free subscription, where you can look up this TV show and yeah, that, that that's gone too. And it's all because of COVID it's all because production value and all that stuff. But yeah, that sucked. That was the other place that I've heard that Sabrina could land is on, is on uh, Amazon prime. Yeah. So a prime it's, video. It's, yeah, it's a possibility for them um so with that said the news and notes are just about finished one more quick news uh i did uh because jr brought this up uh, a couple of weeks ago um talking about uh a copy of 
the Detective Comics number 1027, of course, the oh. first appearance of Batman, sold for mm-hmm. a record amount of like, was it like $3 million or something like that? Um, yeah. Another record-breaking sale is going to take place here in the very near future. A uh, Perfect 10 um, first edition number four, uh, number four Charizard uh, is currently up for auction. Um, and of course, this uh, article comes by way of uh, uh, San Diego's uh, ABC 10. But um yeah this uh, rare which is considered to be the rarest pokemon card first edition 1999 mm-hmm. uh number four print uh yep. charizard so i think it's a foil card yep. um is considered to be the rarest pokemon card out there is going is fetching uh, a possible quarter of a million dollars at auction it is being compared to mickey Mantle's rookie card uh, which all it's also fetched a quarter of a million dollars at auction uh, was just not too long ago that YouTube uh, YouTuber Logan Paul purchased a similar uh, um, uh, kind of rating, uh, I guess, mm. the, the CGC version of for cards. Uh, mm. re- uh, bought a similar um, conditioned Pokemon number four first appearance Charizard card for one hundred fifty thousand. So it's not too far off to see this card go for yeah. a quarter of a million dollars. But uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. And Jerry, you, you know, I talked about this off the air that Pokemon mm-hmm. cards are on the rise. A lot of streamers, Twitch mm-hmm. gamers and YouTubers are doing unboxings of the current yeah. Pokemon cards. Um, yeah. So they're on the yeah. rise, man. If you guys are uh, people like me, man, we used to collecting cards back in the day, 1990, 2000s, man. Like, yeah, look, I got to try to, you know, try to go in my closet and see if I have any good ones out. And so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I always tell us, I always tell us tell to everybody, like, if you're collecting something now, like, you know, comics, freaking pogs, even to well, cars, right? pogs, they're like right over yeah, here. Same. Like, all that stuff, right? It's gonna hold some type of intrinsic value eventually. You still know how long. Specifically with with Pokemon cards, they didn't hit until literally ten, like ten years after they initially, you know, until they initially came out. And so, yeah, it's it's just more so you gotta you gotta understand the trends. And people like you and me who grew up with those things will grow will grow older. Yeah. And the same people who like those things are gonna still want to go back and find them. So it tends to work out that way. So, but. Yeah, it just, you know, you always find value in the things that you collect. It's just that you got to look for the people who value them as well. That's it. That's all collecting really is, guys. So there you go. That's my little, that's my I highly recommend going back and watching our collection, collecting episode. I think it's like episode two or three. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So look at that, guys. But yeah, just finally, I have the news and notes, guys. It's been a minute, but then finally, on to the movie, which. We uh, by are, far, it's yeah. probably my favorite movie out of, out of the whole thing. Now, um, sorry, I'm just kind of playing a little organization <laughs> over here um, for our later uh, later on in the show. Um, you know, as a kid, I understood the significance. And by the way, right now we are at the uh, the part where Yoda is training. Um, oh. Yoda's training uh, Luke, and of course, right now also we're seeing that the Millennium Falcon is inside what they believe to be is an asteroid. We find out later it's the belly of a beast. But mm-hmm. um, let's give you a real quick, uh, and then we'll get into what our initial opinions uh, are of this movie. Of course, we're watching Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back, mm-hmm. uh, released May twenty first, nineteen eighty. 
George Lucas loved those May releases. Of course, it kicks off the summer blockbuster season. Uh, stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Mayhew, and Billy D. Williams. It's directed by Irvin Kirshner. Of course, we mentioned mm-hmm. Lucas did, directed episodes one, two, three, and four. Yep. Irvin Kirshner directed Empire Strikes Back. And I cannot remember who, for the life of me, directed in Return of the Jedi, but we will get to that mm-hmm. next week. Yep. But uh, Irvin Kirshner, a lot of people say it was probably Rob, should have won an Oscar for his, his movie. Uh, Empire uh, culturally is one of the greatest movies of all time uh, has one of the greatest lines of all time. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, uh, and whatnot, but uh, um, take a look at some of the uh, um, other notes about, about this. Of course it was re-released in, I believe it was re-released in 1997 later in the year. Um, yeah. Getting the, the special edition edition treatment. Uh, has a runtime of two hours and four minutes, rated PG. It's funny that it has listed here. You have May 21st, 1980. IMDb has June 20th, 1980. But I, I think you're right. I think it was a huh. a May release. Um, June 20th. Hmm. I don't know. Cool. Ar- arguably one of the highest rated um, films uh, in, in the uh, in franchise. The, in the franchise. It did manage to win one uh, Academy Award for Best Sound. It was nominated for Best Art, Direct, Art Direction um, and uh, it also was nominated for Best Music Original Score by John Williams. Um, it did manage to... Oh, it also was nominated for a Golden Globe in the, in the same category in 1981, but um, I can't believe that John Williams didn't win that. I mean, you know... it was to- it's sci-fi like who's gonna it's 1980s sci-fi who's like this is during the time of godfather and all that stuff so who's gonna freaking care about that right now so understandably so era whatever let's see george lucas did the initial story uh storyline while helming a bunch of other productional work and of course like i said most of the direct uh, actually all the directorial work was done by Irvin kirshner Mm -hmm. uh we began this movie uh, of course we saw we talked about earlier was that it started off with the battle, the, 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 the Imperial destroyer launching some satellite uh, mm-hmm. pods down to where they have figured out the, the uh, Gala- or the um, Re- rebellion, ba- or the rebel base is on the planet ice planet of Hoth. Yep. Um, and uh, we see uh, Luke's intro very shortly thereafter being captured by the abominable snowman. Snowman. Yeah. <laughs> Basically say that. Yeah. By the way, if you've never watched the Family Guy adaptations <laughs> of the Star Wars movies, you should. And Gosh. The, the Cookie Monster plays the Abominable Snowman. It's like, <laughs> yeah. so good. Um, you know, it, it's funny. We're at the... Um, I was reading some of the notes yeah. preparing for today. And, um, you know, we're at the train montage, which also is a funny scene in the... Um, in the uh, Family Guy version, where it's kind of like a homage to um, uh, Rocky Four, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but a uh, little note, a little trivia I got um, that George Lucas, again, not directing the movie, but George Lucas, who was fr- friends with Frank Oz, of course, Frank Oz, legendary puppeteer and and, and voice actor, voiced Yoda, also <laughs> did the puppet for for Yoda. He was both yeah. puppeteer and the voice actor <clears throat> was so impressed. George Lucas was so impressed by Frank Oz's performance. He spent millions of dollars 
trying to get Frank Oz nominated for a Best Supporting Actor award. Of course, he was not um, nominated because he was Frank Oz was not considered to be an actor, not seen on screen. And this goes back mm. to the, the the argument that we had earlier this summer with Pedro Pascal not being nominated for an Emmy mm. for The Mandalorian. And because the reason being was he's not seen. Face. You never see yeah. his face. You see it one time. Spoiler alert. Um, and uh, but he was so good. Now I think about it. You're being you're doing the puppeteering, and he had a little microphone, like a little Madonna mic, below mm-hmm. stage. And you know they did some overdubs later, but Frank Oz was to interact with Mark Hamill was puppeteering. He had his hand up Yoda's butt, and was doing hmm mm-hmm. try, you know. What, what, what I don't know what the name what the line is. Um, there is no try. Yeah. There is no try. There's yeah. only there's only do. Yeah, only do. do or do so not. Try. That's impressive. I mean, that's acting to me. You're being able, but you're you're acting. You're emoting through a puppet, but you're still mm-hmm. having to to say yeah. the lines. Uh, that's a fair argument by George Lucas to put Frank Oz mm-hmm. up for best supporting actor. Um, yeah. What was I, your? You said you saw these movies not at the ripe age. Yeah, uh, that I would have. I mean, I wasn't even born yet when this one came out, but mm. you know, I just remember seeing Empire as, a, as a, like a four or five year old. Mm. Your initial, what was your initial reaction? First time I saw it, I was like, well, I didn't appreciate it. Like, I didn't appreciate the scene that I do now, right? Because I, I the the stage of my life when I did what when I did rewatch it, right? I think it was I forgot what I forgot which age I'm in, but like, I, I'm my, I'm at my first job. I bought the whole trilogy set, right? At my first job, I rewatched it. I'm like, all right, cool. So this is where Luke gets his powers. That's all my mindset was. Well, like, all right, cool. How, where do you get your powers? So you stop. So you stop being a little whiny, little bitch, and then start doing something. <laughs> that was my whole thought process. Like, dude, the we had the whole freaking first. We had the whole first freaking film where you're just whining about just wanting to have want to be stronger than you are and do all this stuff. And the second one, you're still that, but now you know how to wield a lightsaber, sort of, right? And so that was my whole thought process. Like, all right, cool. So fine. Like, let's get to the action type of thing, right? To me, there was action there, but it felt kind of like, you know, it was it was kind of like at the time, like a kind of like a slow grind. You know, it was like yeah, there there was there, there was stuff there, you know, that was there's interactions there, so subtext, you know, between Luke and you no know, between Luke Leia and then Han and Leia. And there was subtext between all, you know, just having, you know, all these things kind of mesh, but like there was never really anything to keep me engaged outside of just dialogue right because you know it was, i wanted it, it was star wars i wanted to see what it's all about and then all i just saw was this freaking whiny little kid just still be whiny <laughs> even after his freaking master legit just pulled up a freaking his x-wing out of the swamp after he said oh i can't do that that's impossible oh that's the reason why you'll never do it <laughs> oh, don't get out and so that was my whole thought my, that was my whole thought process at the time looking back at it now uh being a little bit hopefully a little bit wiser now just just uh, i like the nuances as well as just how it con- how the second movie specifically contradicts the first movie in the sense of like uh specifically when you meet yoda the first time right yeah when he, when actually yoda and and there, i may, i think uh i wrote a line in here <clears throat> right where he goes uh where Yoda goes for a long time, like you know, when he's actually Yoda, this like he says, this is the uh, this one I for a long time have I watched all his life, 
he's always looked the way to the future, to the horizon, never on his mind, never, never his mind on where he is, what he was doing. Adventure, ha. Excitement, ha. A Jedi craves not these things, you are reckless. And that's actually freaking true because up to that point, all Luke ever really wanted to do was get out of his freaking little hut town. Mm-hmm. Little 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 dump of farm, right? Out of the middle of nowhere. And and that yeah, uh, and that in this context, you know, sees your usual kid who wants to do something more, right? And then you go to the second movie and you meet this Jedi master, or in this case, a mentor saying, But where are you right now? You're thinking about the future too much. Yeah. Where are you right now? Because if you don't know where you are right now, you'll never get to the future. And you are because of that, you're reckless. And like that to me, I appreciate that. On so many facets nowadays, he was like, "Yeah, we think we think we put too much of our uh, we put too much of our mental anxiety and mental like tokens into what we can't get to if we don't appreciate what we have now." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, dude. When we're young, we're reckless, and we don't know what we're doing. And so, just having Yoda as a mentor there was a great proponent for uh, for me because, like, yeah." You know, who's going to tell these young ass kids and like to not really to say, hey, just kind of you got to stop. Yeah. Take us take a second. Look where you're at. And know, even though you, you and you in order for you get to go where you're going to even in order for you to get to where you're going, you have to understand and listen to advice now. And we see how that plays out with the whole film. man. But yeah, when I first saw it, dude, I was like, dude, when are you going to stop being a whiny little bitch and actually start doing something? Because that's where I was at the time. Um, this was also to <clears throat> you know, talk about groundbreaking, um, kind of groundbreaking moves uh, in a groundbreaking film that Empire was. Um, another little note about this was that um, George Lucas has always been, which is so funny considering who he sold his company to, um, that George Lucas wanted to be. Uh, not rid of Hollywood, but he wanted to be on his own. He wanted to be an independent filmmaker, but he wanted to be a hugely successful independent filmmaker. Mm. And he decided to bankroll this entire movie himself. He put up $18 million. uh, uh, Sorry. He didn't put up $18 million. The budget for the movie was 18 million. He put a part of it. He got a bank loan for the rest. Yeah. Um, Lucas recovered his investment within three months of the movie's release. He then showed gratitude for the uh, for uh, he shared his gratitude far beyond the Hollywood norm by sharing the profits with his employees. Nearly five million dollars in bonuses were paid out to uh, staff, uh, production nice. staff, and cast. Uh, it also should be noted, and we mentioned this last week, that one of the reasons why George Lucas did not come back as the director of this movie is because, um, you know we mentioned this in the last in the last episode about a new hope was that mm. one of the most unique parts of the star wars franchise is it's one of the it's one it's of course these nine movies mm. uh the, the prequel trilogy the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy mm. uh break a massive massive hollywood norm and that is putting the credits before the movie starts um that has been a, a a tradition that dates back to the beginning of cinema um 
Now it says here, a little note that I have is to preserve the dramatic opening of Star Wars movies. George Lucas insisted on moving all the credits to the end of the movie. However, although the Writers Guild and Directors Guild had uh, allowed him to do it in episode four because they did not have faith in the movie, they said absolutely not to Empire Strikes Back. And so George Lucas said, and I'm going to... I'm going to paraphrase and use my first F-bomb. Fuck you to the Writers Guild and the Directors Guild and the Movie uh, Association of America mm. and said, I'm still going to do it my way. And um, of course, two thoughts, of two tra- uh, th- uh, storylines go here that he turned in his card. He, he, he relinquished his membership to the Motion Picture Association of America, the Writers Guild and Directors Guild. Uh, the other story is that he was kicked out of the guild um and jordan lucas was allowed to not have the credits at the beginning of the movie um but um they actually find between lucas and kirshner and lucas paid 100 percent of the fines they were fined a quarter of a million dollars two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in fines from the, the, the motion picture association of america the writers guild and the directors guild uh, sued him and fined him for not doing things that way. Could you imagine Star Wars, any of the nine saga films, mm-hmm. um, having credits at the beginning of the movie? I don't actually. I don't think Solo or Rogue One do either. No, no. Um, it would it would take away from the movie. You know, having the having like the Star Wars theme play starring Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher. It would just, it would take you out of the movie now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it would add too much fluff per se, right? Because for the longest time, when you think of Star Wars film too and how it just sets up, it's, you're right into, you're exactly right into the story. And so uh, it was just, it was again, like it was ahead of its time, man. It was definitely ahead of its time where, where we were looking at so many different facets of it and, yeah, it was. It's just how it is. Just it just sucks. It just it. It was ahead of its time. That's all we can really say. It was ahead of its time. It was engaging into different aspects of it. Like trilogies weren't really a thing back then either, and so it was it was harking back doing a trilogy. It was all these things that Lucas has done to help propel and push the genre forward, not just of just sci-fi, but more so just storytelling and filmmaking. It would just push it forward and we see it nowadays too like granted yeah still we still see a lot of like credits roll in the beginning of the films but you don't see these incredulous freaking fines go to go to people for it it's just how it is man so i think about it i mean we were we were just watching uh the opening to um black panther last week Mm -hmm. you know i'm starting to think of mike I don't think the Marvel movies play a pre-movie credits. They do. They do. They, they, oh, okay, they did okay. Panther. They okay. did. Oh, they did. Okay, I know Guardians did. Um, yeah. Captain Marvel, Captain, Captain America, Captain Marvel. They they all did. It's just more so like. I guess you just don't think about it, but yeah. Um, but nonetheless, yeah. It, uh, um, the oh, the only one I think that did that they didn't do was Endgame. Like it wasn't pre, it wasn't pre. I don't think the original Avengers did either. I don't, I don't recall. I do know that I'm gonna have to go back it, and watch that this week. Yeah, yeah. I know that Endgame didn't do it because like they just went straight into it, and then like the second that it happened, them killing Thanos. I think no, actually, no. Take that back. 
don't, I don't think I they put it. credits. I think there is no, yeah. which is fine because looking back at it, the mm-hmm. credits that they do at the end of the movie really made the movie. Made, yeah. So uh, you're right. I think Endgame did not do a pre-movie credit. So maybe Lucas was a game changer that in a, in, and I think in those particular cases, I think I'm sure there's been other movies that have gone boom, right into the movie. I think um, of every Tarantino film. Yeah. Well, not every time I think of like, I think he Kill does Bill. the credit. He does credits in, yeah. he does do pre movie credits in um, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he did that. And he does I he do it? Kill Bill one. Kill I've only seen Kill Bill one once. I've never seen he, Kill Bill. Yeah. Totally. Uh, he did. He definitely did it in um in um Hateful Eight. That movie was a okay, hi, Jimmy. I still have not seen Hateful Eight, and I really want it to see it. Three I, hours. Three I know, but I want, God, I wanted to see it in the theater because I wanted to go see it. I think they were playing at the IMAX, or yeah. there was a there was a special scene. I, I wanted to go see it at going to LA and see it at um, three the, hours uh, and ex, extended edition. There's an extended edition about it. Oh my gosh. Well, it's like they had an extended. Peter Jackson released an extended edition of the freaking Hobbit movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, but actually, uh, real, real quick to go back to it too. I we I need to, I need to go back to the training, the training montage. Well, not really a montage, but just the training bits of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Luke does does Luke train one time and is he a Jedi Master after that? Oh, I mean, we let don't me ask that for you. Let me let me ask that for you. No, <laughs> no. He doesn't. He doesn't train for a single freaking day, and then knows how to use every aspect of the Force. Well, we don't no. know too. See, we we see that Empire Strikes Back, and yeah, I've seen other people argue that fact that mm-hmm. he trains for less than a day with Yoda, and all of a sudden, like, oh, give me, give me a lightsaber, and I'm good to go. He hasn't trained for less than a day. You see that you see in this specific aspect, there's a, there's a specific day night cycle that's going on. It's just yeah. that like it looks like a day because we go straight to Leia. But they're off in a different freaking galaxy system, right? They're in yeah. a different. And so when we see when so when we see back to Luke, it's it rained. He's in the house. He's eating. He's gone back to. Leave. You you would think that you they there's enough there to say there's a there's a certain time frame where this goes on, right? There's mm-hmm. there's an extended amount of time where he has probably been there for a couple of days already. And also too, he he's not a. He's not like he's a Jedi Knight. He's not a Jedi Master. Mm. He does not become, he does not even call himself a Jedi Master mm. until Return of the Jedi. Until, yeah. Jedi, and Jedi, he's a Jedi Knight in, in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And we don't know what took place between the ending of Empire Strikes Back, which ends very traumatically for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens at the beginning of Return of the Jedi? We don't know how long that took place. It could have been a short amount of time because, yeah, you know, we'll see next week that Han was in, you know, Carbonite, beginning of Return of the Jedi, quite a while. Mm-hmm. for quite a while. So we don't know how long that was. But um, I, I just wanted to say, when you do a proper freaking scene where it's training, and you don't do it for just one scene, there's multiple scenes where he's where they have this this where you have a mentor, an actual legitimate mentor try to guide you through your path and do all these things. And granted, yes, we're going to, I'm going to have this exact same damn conversation. We read, when we were going to watch rise of Skywalker, as well as the other arcs in that film, like 
you got to have someone who was a who was an actual Jedi master, not someone yeah. who was Jedi, not someone who was Jedi sufficient, not someone who never freaking held a freaking sword, even they retconned it right through that the original movie. It wasn't just like you had the, the dude train with the one of the the greatest freaking Jedi of all time at oh, that yeah. point, and he's that Jedi's trained you know for over what seven hundred years, nine eight hundred years or so, somewhere in that time frame. And he, yeah, and Luke screws up. That's the thing that I get point. You screw up. But then you come back and you try to touch yourself up and do it better again. That's the one thing that I really wanted. Those certain nuances were lost within the within the, the newer franchises. Those certain nuances were just lost. Even, even with the prequel sequels, right? There was no actual training in that. So, yeah. but neither here there. Where are you right now with the movie? Right now, we just saw the Millennium Falcon enter into uh, Bespin airspace. Oh. Uh, this is where oh. we are going to meet the first <sighs> African American. <laughs> well, they're not American. Let's just call it what it is. They meet the first black guy in space, uh, Lando Calrissian. Um, I know that for so many years, that was a running joke slash like, hey, Lucas, what the hell? um kind of like a wake-up moment um in in movies but for the most part that that's what i love about star wars movies is we don't feel the necessity to be quote woke um it was almost like a running joke because billy d williams is such a badass as lando calrissian there doesn't need to be another black guy in in the galaxy far far away Mm -hmm. um but obviously in sequential order yeah uh, obviously mace windu was uh was uh, was yeah, before was. lando about but i mean billy d williams i love him as lando calrissian mm. the suaveness i mean just everything about i mean that's what i love about george lucas he mm. really can create iconic characters that just you just look at him and you just go like ah dang man this is a this is a badass. I mean, yeah. I, I just don't think of anybody else that could have played any of these characters. And um, I, I remember there's only about a handful of, uh, I like the asteroid scene with the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. when they go into the asteroid. And of course they're like, this, this is no, there's not an asteroid. It's this not an asteroid. This, this is not a cave. And it takes off, and of course the biting. Of course, it's even funnier if you've seen the the, the, the Family Guy version. Mm-hmm. But I liked the Bespin scene because I, I liked the interaction with with Han and and Lando, um, mm. and he was credit to Lucas, credit to Kirshner. Um, mm. You introduce a character like Lando Calrissian. They've only done at this point. They've only done one and a half movies because this is almost at the tail end of the movie. Yeah. And you look at him and, and they were able to tell his story so quickly that you're like, I've known Lando for generations. I know this guy. Um, oh, I love that. Hello. What do we have here? Great line. So well delivered by Billy mm-hmm. D. Um, oh, so good. So many, uh, just, you're right. This is starting to win me over. <laughs> so many great lines were from this, uh, from this movie i mean you were well, like, the... I, like i said before too like um when uh when um when when danny glover no when donald glover and danny donald glover, glover yeah yeah danny glover is a totally another amazing actor we'll get into this, but donald un- glover, i think it's his uncle right 
I don't recall, dude. I don't know. I don't think they have any type of interaction, but whatever. Uh, Donald Glover, right? When he first, when he was, you know, let to play Orlando Cardozian, right? The reason why I feel like it was an invitation rather than an inspiration to do your own is because of like how much he tried to imitate freaking Billy D. That's yeah. how I felt. Like, like he's really trying to, and that's cool. You try to method act, right? He, he wants to understand how, how Lando, you know, felt how he moved how he would do things right and that's fine but i never was never really for me an honest take like a denny like a donald glover take on lando carisian which even though he he still had that charisma and swag to him man, and just yeah. swagger about him it's just, it's just it felt like all right cool he's really trying to do billy d williams that's what it felt like to me granted people will say that's the best part of the film but like for me i'm like it's dishonest because like okay you're kind of just like you know restraining the acting skills of donald glover like, uh, come on, dude. Like, if he, I really want him to nail his version, particularly of 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 Land of Collision out of the park, because I know damn well how correct, how charismatic, how quippy, how quippy Donald Glover can be. And so that's how it felt to me. So when we see Billy Dee Williams here, I'm like, all right, cool. This he's is doing his be. best. Donald, he's been doing his best Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just uh, that particular scene. Oh man, oh, all the all the things I've heard from from uh spoiler alert the betrayal and how they given this man so much shit throughout the years dude <laughs> of course now we see the four the first time ever we've seen a force ghost it's uh, ben mm-hmm. kenobi obi-wan oh yeah coming back to speak with young luke mm-hmm. uh the padawan to yoda um and let's uh, see there's other uh what i've begun you have my word um oh well he goes back to the thing yeah he's, he's like, back he's getting ready to leave because he feels yeah. something um the i always look at i always look at dagobah and just it yeah. looks to my to me it always reminds me of like labyrinth or yeah um <laughs> or like uh uh, uh never ending story it's like such an 80s yeah dark set yeah. Oh, I could never pull that off with her. Luke reaches into the engine and pulls out that snake. I could never do that scene. <laughs> I mean, he was so used to it at this point. But oh, let's actually get back to um um a thing I want to say. We've never in this franchise, we have we have never yet in this franchise, in this current franchise, right? The original, the original trilogy, talked about the force, right? And how how even though it was semi-expanded on in the prequel sequels, right? And how it was all midichlorians and all that stuff, right? Midichlorians. Yeah, it was the way Yoda, particularly, have said it. It's it's much different, right? Or it has a lot more semblance to like it was more so correlation with faith and like more so correlation like it's everything. It's 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 uh, you, the the forces in the rocks, is in the trees, and all that stuff. It's it's it is in the past, it is the past and the future, and like it. And for its time too, it's very very eastern philosophy first time yeah very very eastern philosophy where it's it felt very much like chi very very much felt like um yin and yang and i know we had a conversation about it before i'm like just like how do you get from that to mitochlorians yeah <laughs> and and they continue to kind of adapt that uh that you know it's not as much of a faith as it is you 
are special. It's almost like having a mutant power. Mm. Um, I always thought it was interesting. So knowing what we know now with the prequel trilogies, mm-hmm. one of the great lines in this movie is, and you had it in your notes, and now I can't, and I just lost where it is. Oh, he goes, um, Obi Wan says mm-hmm. that boy was our last hope, and then Luke, or I'm sorry, Yoda says no, yeah, there is There's another, mm-hmm. um, and what we know now at the end of Revenge of the Sith. And again, mm-hmm. one of the many plot holes that Lucas created for himself in the prequel mm-hmm. trilogies uh, was that Obi-Wan was literally present for the birth of Luke and Leia. He yeah. knew there was another. He knew that Leia was oh, was Luke's twin sister. He knew that Leia was with um, uh, the uh, um, Organas yeah. on... on uh, um, well, I can't remember the name. I can never remember the name of the damn planet. Oh, that Tatooine. Um, no, we've we've done this for three episodes now, where we I know forget the damn name of the movie. Yeah. Of that. Anyways, yeah. So, you know, big we, planet got blown up. Yeah. Okay, this. Anyways, so Obi Wan knows where Leia is. He mm-hmm. he knows that Leia was born. Now, the only thing I could think of was that. But see, here's the thing: is Obi Wan was sent to Tatooine to hand Luke over to his family, to um, uh, his, his his uncle, and mm-hmm. um, and and and, there, and to be raised. Uh, but what we didn't, you know, and, and kind of Obi Wan kind of hints at that he knows there's something special about Luke. How mm-hmm. does he not know that Leia too? Um, or maybe he didn't know. Maybe he just knew that oh. Leia was just a twin sister. <laughs> Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only Yoda knew. No, mm-hmm. she's she's going to become a Jedi like her brother. So, um, I mean, uh, again, I will say, I was, uh, j- okay, just for lols, I'm going to say the patriarchy. But honestly, bad writing. At the time, it could have been too. At it's just bad. No, d- I'm probably too. It like, is bad it, writing on, on the prequels. It's just yeah. bad writing. It's just like I'm pretty sure it's the fact that one, I'm pretty sure uh, Lucas did not expect a trilogy. No, he didn't to tell his story. So he's like, "Oh crap, I gotta tell more story." Well, okay, then let's just tell the inverse. Okay, all this good stuff happened in the first one. All bad stuff can happen in the second one, and it's it it just feels like very much like uh, it's just kind of hodgepodge together, right? where he had this idea for a film and it never got past the first film, right? Yeah. In, in his writings. That's just, that's just how it is. And I understand. So, and so it, it's, it's on the basis of other writers. It's kind of fill in the blanks. Right. And we always get that line of like, you know, if there's another and there, and it just, it's, it's hilarious to me that, you know, these are the answer. These are the questions we were, we're trying to answer. We get answered right yeah. to, to Lucas. Right. Like for like so many years, because these are the same questions I've, I've I've heard asked too. Like, oh, why isn't this? Why, why, why couldn't? Uh, it's like the one. It's like that one. Uh, freaking line that happened in 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 a we call it in a Lord of the Rings, right? Well, why couldn't he use the freaking Griffins to put the ring in the thing in the first place, right? Like, just like it's plot, dude. Like, we don't think about that crap. We gotta tell this whole other story, and so it's just bad writing. It's yeah. just it's, it's just bad writing. They they put they put themselves in a the corner. They've written themselves in a the corner, and then uh, 
uh, is another. It's gonna be Leia's sister. Well, even though Leia gave her gay freaking Luca kiss in the beginning of the freaking film to make Han jealous, we'll make her. And then a second time too, after they saved him. Uh, spoiler alert. Sorry. After they saved him the second time, right? Yeah. And gives her, and then like I'm pretty sure that was an unwarranted kiss, right? Like he, like he turned right after. A spoiler, guys, after you get his hand cut off. And if you haven't watched this movie yet, what the hell? It's been 40 freaking years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> so when he gets his hand cut off, right? And they then they heal her up, he turns right and then she kisses him in the lips again, right? Think like, okay, there might be something, right? Even though she just made out with Han and said, I love you, and I love you to him. So we are almost to that scene too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh we are at the moment. Uh we just saw uh Lando. Um mm-hmm betray uh our heroes and uh, we've seen we've seen boba fett now make his his day uh well well, he's already attention he is technically already made his debut but yeah um of course we get to see for the first time um the look at that mandalorian helmet um and uh you know this was something and at the time we didn't know what we were going to get um you know, years down the road. Um, but it's, it's so crazy to see, to look at that uniform, to look at that costume, the, the Boba Fett costume and, mm. and know what now, what we know now with the, the backstory of the whole creed of people, uh, yeah. the Mandalorian, uh, which by the way, I, I really hope um, they go back and they tell the story of the, uh, the Mandalorian civil war and, and stuff like that. But I know you, you get, some of that in rebels i think it isn't it yeah it's a little bit as well as like what's well, it's more so kind of fleshed out in like in other pieces of literature that is not verified by disney it's it's not it's never been made into a multi a multiple or a multimedia uh nope. so uh, but i i have a feeling though we are we are going to see the star wars extended universe um become more canon because I think a lot of it is going to be adopted for um... yeah, especially the fact that you know that your 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 best director for your whole freaking franchise, John Favreau, oh, yeah. is getting references from the freaking extended universe. Oh yeah, come on. Uh, the, the 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 I mean, it's not going to spoil anything per se, but the Star Wars extended universe is heavily heavily sampled in season two of the Mandalorian, which again, we are going to get to that. The whole point of this, of this saga with us is to get to the Mandalorian. So when we do finish this trilogy, we finish the sequel trilogy, we will get to Mando. We will get to, um, I mean, I will argue the fact that the, the extended universe is heavily freaking sampled in the, in the recent trilogy arc. Jedi yeah. Master Luke Skywalker, Kylo freaking Ren. Well, honestly, his name should be I forgot the I forgot his other name in the extended universe. I know he's him supposed having to be. a sister. Yeah, him and like him and Ray are supposed to be actually brothers and sisters, twins, yeah. because they hold the force power together when they teach it like that. That you get that from the extended universe, even though there's so many times people say, Oh, well, what that's just the power you created. No, it's in the freaking extended universe, dude. I wonder if JJ Abrams would have done the entire um sequel trilogy if they he would have done that rather than letting rain ryan johnson um do what he did and basically make 
his make Ray's uh, parentage uh, nothing at, at the time. So uh, real quick before we get, uh, we know what they're, they're prepping for one of the, uh, well, the fight, but they're also prepping for one of the most noteworthy scenes. Again, there's so many great scenes, so many great lines in mm-hmm. this movie. So um, as we get closer to the, the climax of this movie, um, want to throw some, uh, some, uh, um, <laughs> some flex pulls real quick. Mm-hmm. Check this out. Uh, this is from a couple weeks ago. We got the uh, deceased mm-hmm. uh, dead planet, a little homage yep. to Shazam's movie poster. Uh, as Luke comes in for a landing at the, the sky. I gotta watch that movie. I gotta watch that movie. Shout out to Javel hooking me up with some uh, $1 Zenoscope issues from Black Friday, including some Jamie Tindles. Um, oh, you're the one that picked the Jamie Tindall. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, um, Javel, shout out. Um, found this, and you're not getting a chance to show this. This is from a few weeks ago. This was a, uh, I think this is um, the Power Ranger current current run. Um, this is the uh, retail variant connecting cover. It's a really cool kind of cover. Um, I think I showed this one already. Peach Momoko. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire yep. Slayer. Uh, we got Faithless. Faithless Special. <laughs> um, oh, dude, this one's a cool one. Um, I did grab this. There's a Nico. Nicosian? Nicosian? No, what's that Nicosian? Nico. Oh, okay. It's a different person. Okay. Different person. I, I said Miko Suyan. Miko Suyan's a. I love this cover. It's such a cool else. cover. I, I yeah. love magic. I think it's a cool cover. Yeah. Um, I'm really stoked. I really want to get into the new Champions Outlawed, but I'm so far behind. Here we go. Great line. Leia, say it. I love you. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, man. They. Um, now, a bit of trivia about that hmm. is that people think that it was ad-libbed. Um, and the story goes that Harrison Ford was not 100% committed to do Return of the Jedi. Hmm. The whole point of them putting him on Carbonite was to kill him. Um, and that Han was done. This was his, this was his, um, his uh, uh, finale, so to speak. But was left kind of open ended. Okay, he's only frozen. He's not dead. He's presumed dead. Um, and um, right before um, the, the original line in the movie in the script was, "I love uh, you." Too. No, it was. I just had it here in front of me in my notes. Sorry, was I love you? And they like they said that it was in the line that Han would say. That's the, the apparently that's the 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 um the story Finish. behind it. Yeah. Um where'd it go? Uh, when Han Solo is is about to be frozen, Princess Leia says, I love you. In the original script, Han Solo was supposed to say, quote, just remember that, Leia, because I'll be back. But mm-hmm. at the time of filming, Harrison Ford wasn't entirely certain he did want to come back for a third movie. There's a recurring legend that the line I know was ad-libbed. However, um Alan Arnold's book, Once Upon a Galaxy, a journal of the making of The Empire Strikes Back, includes a transcription of the discussion between Ford and director Irvin Kirshner, in which Ford suggested the line. So, in essence, yeah, I guess it is <laughs> kind of ad-libbed, but not, yeah. but it was 
hey, why don't we do this? And and uh, and Her- and, and Irvin's is like, okay, go for it. Now we do know that Harrison Ford is notorious for doing ad libs. Of course, the famous ad lib that Harrison Ford does is in Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm-hmm. where the guy with the sword is ah, and Harrison just goes and shoots him. And the actor who plays the sword guy reacts and falls over and dies. Um, but that was reaction because Harrison Ford was so sick with dysentery that that was just him goofing around yeah. and he responded. And they're like, print it, make it. That's the movie. Um, so Harrison Ford, he's got a good eye for for, for yeah. changing things up. But yeah, he wanted to leave it open by saying the line. It kind of was open-ended, but at the same time, it didn't... It, it, it let his character die if that's that's his last scene, but it mm. also is kind of like, well, he could come back. So, yeah. um, want to say a special shout out to uh, Sid Johnson over at uh, Desert Oasis, hooking a brother up. I mean, I still paid retail for him, but uh, got some Wonder Woman back issues, some Middletons that I was missing. Um, gonna try to finish off this, connect this run. Also got this uh, little uh, ditty. Mm. Um, also picked up one of my favorite. Oh, David Chu. Got another one of these. Uh, this is another Middleton that I could not find. I got this one. I've got another one on order with uh, Comics Island. But I cannot believe I missed this cover. This is a really cool cover. This is uh, Wonder Woman 753. Oh, yes, Jay Lee. Yeah. yeah, I really like that cover. I I, mm. I, I, I kind of forgotten about it, um, but uh, yeah, I was pretty stoked with that cover. Also got a hashtag mail call today um, from uh, Middle uh, Midtown. Haven't done a Midtown mail call in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I don't want comic books to fly <laughs> everywhere. Oh man, I haven't. I just got my regular comic books that day. I don't really want to put them out. <sighs> Uncanny X-Men number 291. Uncanny 299. Mm-hmm. Uh, 284. Filling some gaps with my Uncanny run from uh, the good old glory days of Chris Claremont. Um, and then, of course, filling some gaps. Uh, I've got some second printing. Um, uh, Faithless number one. Um can't show that cover that's the second print um uh, special cover uh of number one mm. and then it's uh, the erotic cover just just it's the it's erotic, the erotic cover. cover this is a homage to the erotic cover second printing it's mm. just not as dirty um mm. and then of course um a fun little run of red sonia and vampirella meet betty and veronica Oh, yeah, that came out like a year and a half ago. I yeah, think. but I, I just realized I was missing that book. And then, last but certainly not least, I uh, this was a hot book. Um, oh, here we go. JR's background is coming to life right now, mm-hmm. beginning in one of the most epic lightsaber battles. Um, you know, we don't know of its time. Yeah, we don't know the 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 end game to this battle. We just know that. Here's Luke, the poster child, the innocent farm boy, the uh, uh, in it, you know just the reckless idiot who goes headlong into a thing which it which is supposed to encapsulate every freaking adolescent teen of the time. 
but I mean, good guy, the good guy of good guys. I mean, just clean cut poster child, Luke Skywalker, and he's going up against the ultimate bad in Darth Vader. And I mean, uh, to go back to 1980 and watch this in the theater and go like, Hmm. oh my gosh, like if this is going to be a a series, they're going to do this in the second movie. This Mm -hmm. is like in-game kind of level stuff uh real quick final final entry into my uh flex pool i gotta get a new magazine cover because midtown kind of jacked up this uh this cover but um we got harley quinn and the birds of prey this Hmm. is the um number two i thought this was the connor cover but it's not actually that's not that's this one this is the amanda connor cover i love amanda connor Again, yes, this is from a couple of weeks ago. This is an older, yeah. uh, older book. But, uh, again, yeah. hook up by Midtown. And of course, I've got uh, some uh, books coming from our good friend uh, um, Empty Tombs. Empty probably going to be here in a couple of weeks. But... Yeah. yeah, just not just just looking back at it, like looking back at it now, like it's yeah, it's still it, it fit. Even though I will say the first like this the writing in the in the original trilogies is kind of spotty right i will say the the constant use of like foreshadow and and themes within the second movie really does hold up like luke's reckless you're you're you have a tendency to do dumb things you know i think about the now right these are all the things that that yoda has said when they're training what is he doing thinking about the future a possible future where his friend's gonna die what does he do he'll be reckless he's gonna be he's gonna fight off against a freaking jedi master a sith lord right when he's barely learned how to use a lightsaber what do you think's gonna happen (laughs) what do you think it's this whole the whole film was basically this whole thing of like hope can't be out like you can hope as much as you want to but the second like you have this ever looming presence of like no okay no this is what happens when we're serious happens like it i wanted to make i forgot to make this point out in the beginning of the film where um when they were in there when, when they were in the in their speeders right the first yeah. speeders the guy that's with luke right the guy that's like the guy that uh, the guy that is luke's gunner in the back seat right what was he what was he what? saying he, he was like wedge. saying oh yeah, wedge, right? He's like, oh, I could think I could take on, I think I could take on the the whole empire now, right? That yeah. little bit of hope, right? Like, oh yeah, we, we're good. We got a good win against this guys. No, nah, man, the empire's gonna come and roll your shit, bro. Like, <laughs> you gotta win because it's just off of off of off of, off of some old off of, off of technicality. But when when the when the Sith are serious, when the empire is serious, they will roll your shit. I do like how they do. If you watch this scene from that vantage point mm-hmm. of Luke is only trained for a short amount of time. Yeah, he's doing the flips and the jumps and stuff like that. But his mm-hmm. lightsaber, um, and it could have been innocently done this way because maybe Mark Hamill wasn't the best uh, uh, saber duel. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't as trained as uh, uh, Ewan McGregor and, 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 and Liam Neeson and, and um, yeah, Ray Park and stuff like that. But, yeah. um, you know, it does come across that, you know, the way he handles himself and he's kind of, he's kind of, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very, uh, uncertain to, to, uh, yeah. uh, he's still very, 
I mean, the picture right there behind Jr. Yeah. If you're if you're watching this on YouTube, is showing Luke's stance. And again, it could just be Luke is not a he's not ready to duel. But yeah. you look at the guy who is playing Darth Vader. He is very stout, and he's like, I'm holding the saber correctly, and it's just like so. Maybe they did set it up that way that Luke comes across as. Uh, I'm a badass. What are you talking about? I got a lightsaber. Hey, it's 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 a good story to tell. Honestly, it's you're a novice. You're what do you expect? You are a rookie in the big leagues. Yeah, at this point, and so you you see this obvious gap between it, like and specifically when uh, which which part are you at right now? We're at the part where uh, Darth Vader is about to to knock Luke out of the the. The glass window and into the wind oh, yeah. tunnel um, when he starts throwing shit at him right yeah which uh he, he flies out yeah even in that sense right like luke doesn't know how to at that point doesn't know how to fight against like doesn't know how to fight against um like other force objects being thrown at him right yeah Just stuff like, like stuff basic stuff like that man like you see this huge disparity between skill gaps where your youthful exuberance isn't going to do anything against a guy who has killed babies, yeah. <laughs> who has killed children that, you know, like, come on, dude, this is your dad. He's going like, he's your dad. <laughs> he's you got, he's your dad, both figuratively and literally. So yeah, yeah he's going to sun you right now. So of course you're, of course you're going to lose. Of course you're going to lose. And so it, it was just a good story to tell like, yo, you, only youthful exuberance goes so much. If you don't, if you don't, uh, if you don't um, heed the advice of those who were before you and say, Hey man, this is, you gotta live in the now. You gotta live in the, you gotta live in the right now and understand that you're going to get your, you're going to get your head rolled, man. I didn't notice this. It's really only on Bespin. Um, the the 97 re-releases did not see a lot of add-ons to empire strikes back no um yeah, again it was just the, the small little things uh added to cloud city um mm-hmm. with a more digital approach and it was kind of lame why they even did it but uh they really didn't touch this movie all that much and um i, I wonder again that's yeah, there's only like generally like three set pieces anyway, so I understand yeah. why. Yeah, I didn't realize that too. I, you know, one thing I've noticed having done this series with you, and and I really would like to to break it down when we get to the end, is again everyone talks about Empire Strikes Back as the best movie in the franchise, um, and you would think when you have movies like this, you look, look for example. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola did it with God, The Godfather Part Two. It was a big epic. It was this long, drawn-out movie. It was almost three and a half, four hours long. Um, mm-hmm. This this tradition of the second movie. Um, now I didn't know. I don't know if Mario Puzo and, and and Francis Ford Coppola knew that there was going to be three movies, yeah. but I think he had an idea that there was going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he turned Godfather Two into an epic. And I know that um, Lucas and Coppola, who are friends uh, and vice versa, have said that he was inspired by this. They were inspired by that. Um, But I fully expected Empire to be this big, grandiose uh, uh, um, saga in in the franchise. But 
I think it's the shortest it a, movie. I think it's the shortest movie. It just run over time, just a little over two hours. I mean, yeah, yeah. You hope it, is longer, which is which is good because like that just shows you that you don't necessarily need these huge, huge freaking lapse of time to tell a good story. Cough, cough, DC. Cough, cough, Schneider. Cough. Oh my goodness! Cough. I, can't, I can't wait for Justice League to come out. <laughs> God, it's like like you don't really need too much. Like if you want to, you tell a deep, concise story. You show, uh, you show juxtapositions between you know where you are and where you want to be. You show a a a a definite pinnacle and the decline, an incline and decline. You show the, you show all these things precisely, oh, and you're consistent. Sense. It's the most. This is one of the most consistent films of. This is one of the most consistent films entries in the series. Here we go. Like Luke, you. Oh, go ahead. It's at the, it's it's at the point. You are only begun to discover your power. Join me and I will complete your training. Mm-hmm. No. Your what? combined yeah. strength. Um, of course, we already see the hand cut off. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, JR, by the yeah. way. I'll never join you if you only knew the power of the dark side. Um, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. No. I am your father. I am your father. Yeah. Uh, it is interesting. I was just reading an article this past week about the Mandela effect. Yeah. And for those who don't know what the Mandela effect, it's what your mind thinks you heard or saw. And of course, I blame tommy boy but i for i've been saying it for years everyone thinks the line is luke i am your I father am and your father. it is not it's actually luke um no, you, just, luke no i am your father um and it's just so funny about uh what your mind thinks you heard yeah and what a great again if you're watching the video version and you see my background it's 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 it is Darth Vader with the big the hand reaching out and stuff like that. And just so many iconic shots. Your backdrop, of course, is the initial uh, lightsaber duel between Luke and Darth, um, mm-hmm. battling uh, just you know that 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 backlit fog. So good. Great cinematography. Great. Oh yeah. The whole freaking film, even for its time, man. Definitely. Um. Now, this is an interesting little bit of tidbit. Um, We're at the scene. uh, Luke just found out that, that Darth Vader is his father. Uh, Luke has his hand cut off Mm -hmm. and loses his lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Now, um, when he comes back in Empire Strikes Back, yeah, he had. I'm sorry. In Return of the Jedi, he has another lightsaber. I believe yeah. it is the green one. Correct. Yeah, it is. Yep. So he's had a blue one in both A New Hope and mm-hmm. um, Return of and Empire Strikes Back, and of course the blue lightsaber is his father's lightsaber. Yep. It is Anakin's, Darth Vader's. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't see that saber again until Episode Seven. Yeah, uh, The Force Awakens. Do they? I forget. I mean, maybe we'll get there. But do they ever address how the saber is found? Nope. They do Why not. there wasn't they do a not. hand attached to it? 
No, and they try to do some blase stuff of like saying that, oh, you know, it's it's symbolic because, you know, guess who had their hand chopped off? <laughs> right? Guess yeah. who had his guess who had his hand chopped off? And guess who, you know, now is back with it facing off the guy who got his hand chopped off. And he so and then he's constantly like they had this whole thing in Quiff about like about you know just the signif- the, the significance of having your hand chopped off right from your father like it's they've got in, like there has been some theories about it that speculate about it but like honestly it, it was just a cool cinematic thing to see right you see yeah. you see your character you see your your main character your your farm boy you know your you know you know happy go lucky farm boy well, at this point, happy go lucky. Get his heart, get his hand chopped off, and said that hey, you're you're the the evil evil of the of the universe is actually your dad. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's they never say what they never say how they got it back. They never show show you how. It's just one of those inconsistencies and plot holes that tend to happen. So um, it should be noted too. This is one of the first times that we say that you know we don't know yet that Leia and luke are brother and sister we learn that next movie but we have our first moment we get this the subtle uh um what's it called uh uh, what do they call that um foreshadowing where yoda says no there is another and we see leia in the, the 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 millennium falcon and Luke is going, is he's calling out using the force, Leia, Leia, and Luke hears him and he goes, mm-hmm. We have to turn back and go back. So we see for the first time, Leia may have some kind of uh, force, force sense, yeah, force sensitive mm-hmm. power. Um, so it's just so funny that we know now it's like, Oh my gosh, the signs are there. Um, because there was so much people talked about how when this movie came out um this scene the i am your father was the greatest reveal it's one of the greatest lines of all time mm-hmm. i think uh, afi has it um i think it's like in the top five i'll have to find that out yeah. before we finish this. yeah but uh it is one of the great scenes because it is one of the great reveals of of all time that uh that 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 the ultimate bad guy yeah. Darth Vader is the is actually the father to our hero. our yeah. hero. Yeah, it's 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 definitely one of the most iconic lines of all time. Like it's 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 referenced everywhere, mm-hmm. absolutely. Every, like you can't go, you can't. I'm pretty sure in nearly every pop culture type of like show or or reference, right, had a reference to this. Had a reference to, I'm thinking every, I'm thinking Simpsons, I'm thinking Family Guy, I'm thinking freaking Friends, even. I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, um, Big Bang Theory, I'm thinking Supernatural, I'm thinking all this. Like, they had references to Star Wars, right? They're gonna have references to, to the Mandela effect of Luke, I'm your father. Yeah. They're gonna have, it's because of this pivotal scene. Like, it's this, this has helped kind of shape pop culture for a very, very long time, right? and people deny that but like just just the overall you know wow. the overall like power or or popularity of star wars and strictly darth vader ha- has propelled it to be so and so of course yeah it's actually it not, not one of af5's 
top 100 lines. What? But it, it's not. The only movie from... Let me, let me look at it this way. How is uh, it not? That's what I'm thinking. I, I could have sworn... It should be. On, what the heck? What's on there? Is it more so like... It just May the Force Be With You is the only line from any of the Star Wars movies. But you know just, that... Yeah. But, uh, you know... He just totally just ruined my whole. That just my whole I, that's right a Mandela there, effect. I could have sworn I remember being on the uh, on the list. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna go look up now. It's it's. I mean, it's one of the most iconic yeah. scenes. One of the most iconic lines. It is the greatest cinematic reveal of all time. Hey, if um, I didn't do it, really? Hey, if I, I did not do it in the uh, May the Fourth, what's, what's, what's their top five anyway? I need to know. Okay. Oh, you gotta know. Okay, I just had it here in front of me. Let me go back again. Yeah. Um, let's see. AFI, one hundred years, one hundred quotes. This is from uh, a few years ago. Uh, number five. Well, you know what? We'll do. We'll do top ten. Uh, number yeah. ten is uh, you talking to me from Taxi Driver. Okay. Uh, fasten your seatbelts. It's gonna be a bumpy night. Bumpy from All About Eve from nineteen fifty. Number eight. May the force be with you. Star Wars, nineteen seventy seven. All right, Mr. De- uh, DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Another yeah. Mandela effect line. Yeah. Because everyone I'm says, ready I'm ready for DeMille. my close-up, Mr. DeMille. Mr. DeMille, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Make my day. Sudden impact. Dirty Harry. Uh, Dirty Harry. Or sudden impact. Yeah. It's sudden impact is the movie, but it's Dirty Harry that says it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's looking at you, kid. Casablanca, 1942. Mm-hmm. Toto, I, I've got a, I have a, I, I think we're not in Kansas anymore. I have a, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, another one because I've always thought I was. I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always got it backwards. Uh, you don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. That's of course on the waterfront. Um, I'm going to make him an offer I can't refuse. The Godfather number two and number one. It was the first time a curse word was ever uttered in movie. Frankly, my dear, I don't give, oh, a, don't damn. give a damn. Gone with the wind, 1939. Um, by the way, people f- always ask, what is the greatest year in movies? 1939. Two of the all-time cinematic greats came out in the same year. You have Wizard of Oz, one of the first movies to be in color. Mm-hmm. And you had Gone with the Wind, one of the most epic movies of all time. Both of them came out in 1939. And Gone with the Wind was the movie that took away the big prize in 1940. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I could have sworn... I am your father was in there, but it is not. No Tarantino lines, no. Well, I don't know. There's gotta be, uh... and probably, but at the same time, like it's a very, uh, uh, it feels ageist, honestly. This 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 list. To this me. list it's, is also. I mean, it's it, this is from no nothing. It feels. Paul, it feels like an, fiction. Yeah, it feels like an an old head movie buff did it right and wanted to score street cred by saying like don't get me wrong like there's gonna be a generation or there already has been generations of kids that have no clue what the hell what the hell the line uh total uh, i don't think we're in kansas anymore but there is but that's still that same generation knows uh that knows no no i'm your father yeah oh, like yeah. So I, I I don't know. It just feels like it's it's definitely it's definitely it feels like an older, uh, an older person who wanted to make this list of like a hundred. Like cool, cool. May the force be with you. But like, come on, dude. No, I am your father. That's the line. Now, uh, That's the, the line. The 
Um, it also should be noted as we come to the end of this movie, uh, AFI, um, 100 years, 100 villains and heroes. Um, Darth Vader was the number three villain of all time in cinematic history. Number two was Norman Bates. Number mm-hmm. one was Dr. Hannibal Lecter. I can see that. Like uh, Hannibal Lecter is uh, pretty, uh, pretty bad. Um, yes, but two films, though. I think he was credited for two films, though. I he mean, only got credited for Silence of the Lambs. So, but, Silence uh, of the Lambs, but like, yeah, and as well as like, okay, Red Dragon, but he was younger and um, another film, but that wasn't, that wasn't, uh, what's his name, dude? I was spacing on his name. Uh, what's the actor's name? He was uh, he was freaking he was freaking Odin. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. No, not Anthony, Anthony At- Hopkins. Um, yeah, Anthony Hopkins. Is it? Yeah, he, uh, he played, uh, Anthony Hopkins played a played the handle lector. Um, I don't get this. So here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, the top uh, for villains or for heroes and villains, uh, two other characters were on the list from Star Wars. Of course, we saw um, uh, um, Darth Vader was credited for Empire Strikes Back, but Han Solo and Obi Wan Kenobi are both credited for um, Star Wars nineteen the nineteen seventy seven movie, and um, they're in the see uh, Han Solo was number fourteen, Obi Wan was number thirty seven, so. Uh, yeah, mm. I get it. AFI is is a little bit more uh, your father's films cla- uh, film list, but uh, I, you know, I I, I kind of like agree May, with some of the list, but I'd be kind of interesting May to see. Yeah, it'd be kind of curious to see. Um, well, we're gonna wrap things up because this it's a, it's a late night, and um, we we finally finished the movie. Got, I got a lot of freaking painting to do tomorrow. If you, I'm trying to get my desk set up, guys, and so I'm trying to make myself look nicer. The small-ass freaking desk that I send pictures to Kevin, and he just laughs because of how huge my freaking screens are. That was, in that was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. We'll have to post those online one of these days. Uh, real quick, we are now through uh, eight, no, seven movies. First three and... Seven movies. Yeah. Um, what's what's your number one? This movie. Oh, this one. Okay. This one. Um, I still am a fan of A New Hope. Um, mm. I just from a nostalgic standpoint because if it wasn't for that film, we don't get any of this. So yeah. Um, it, I feel the reason why this is my second my 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 favorite movie, and A New Hope is my second favorite movie is because A New Hope came first, right? Yeah, it was. I feel very much so that the second movie is, is, the things is, is the uh, is the, the opposite of what the first movie was doing, right? Yeah. The same way that Rian Johnson has a horrible way of doing when he tried to do the, when he made his second movie, the franchise, right? It was supposed to be a direct competition with his first movie, right? Yeah. Flip everything on its head and do something different, right? That was basically it when we get to the new series guys it's basically that like all reen johnson really did was see everything that that uh that uh what's this freaking name did and in, in, uh, in, uh, in what jj did right with a uh, with with the first run and say fuck it i'm just gonna pull the same thing same thing christian did and just kind of flip everything on his head but do it horribly <laughs> so well, guys that was Empire Strikes Back. Um, thank you so much for waiting for us. I know it's going to be a little bit late released. Um, again, if you have a chance, go back and listen to all of our other episodes. Download them, subscribe, mm-hmm. like, give us a five-star review. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. on, watching us on YouTube, please 
subscribe to our channel, like the video, give us a comment. Let us know too, at this point, where your, uh, where you rank uh, the Star Wars movies. Also, why don't you, in this comment below, uh, in this list below, why don't you go ahead and let us know where, what your favorite line from, from Empire Strikes Back is, because this really has a lot of quotable lines in it. Uh, what is your favorite line from the um, from Empire Strikes Back? And also, were you one of those that were fooled by the Mandela effect that it was not Luke? I am your father. Um, let us know I in the comments, Luke. <laughs> yeah, let no, us know in I the comments below. Yeah, yes. um, I will. I, uh, I will say one thing, comic wise. Yes, sir. If you guys aren't if you guys aren't reading King in Black, you are freaking Ooh. missing out. They are. Isn't that uh, who's doing? Is that Donny Cates doing that one or no? Donny Cates, of course. It's Donny Cates. It's Donny Cates segment and uh, actually hashtag man crush, thinking. man crush Monday. Hell yeah, uh, dude. They uh, they're going crazy in King in Black. Oh my gosh. Like, can I do a spoiler? Can I do a spoiler? Is it cool if I do a spoiler? You just told people to go out and buy it. You don't want to spoil it, do you? Okay, yeah, go buy it. I'll talk about it next week, guys. Yes, so we will talk it. about it. I'll talk about it next week, man, because holy crap, it's going crazy. But yeah, it is, And it is blowing up, too, online. You want to go grab uh, grab a copy uh, if you mm-hmm. can still grab it. And I think there's a new issue of it coming out this week, isn't there? Uh, it, this one just came out. So Oh, then maybe it's this past so. week. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, that one just came out. Yeah, so I think it's uh, it's it's going to be next next year already. But yeah, here's hope. Here's hope. So, all right, guys, don't forget to go out and support your local comic book store wherever you may do your comic book shopping. Uh, and uh, you know what? I, I'm going to challenge people to do this. Uh, post a, a little something on your Instagram feed uh, sure. and tag us in it uh, and let us know uh, the story behind your local comic book store. To put us a little story if you've got Instagram and uh, we'd like to hear about it. Also, you know what? Um, everyone has the story mode now. Twitter has it. Uh, uh, Instagram has it, Facebook has it. So tag us in one of those stories and let us know a little bit about your local comic book store and we'll give them a shout out on our yeah. uh, our podcast in a future episode. But again, if you're, a, if you're a local out there uh, watching or listening to our podcast here in the Coachella Valley, check out Desert Oasis Comics, Comic Asylum Palm Desert, and of course, Interstellar in Palm Springs. Show us some love to your local comic book stores and uh, we will see you next week where the mm-hmm. original saga, the original trilogy comes to an end. It was a movie that came out in 1984, re-released mm-hmm. in 1997. We thought we'd never see another Star Wars movie again. Yep. And then JJ and everyone surprised us a few years mm-hmm. ago. So Return, uh, Return of the Jedi coming out with us next week. Enjoy all the other episodes. He is JR. I am Kevin Pillow. Yep. We both got to get some sleep <laughs> and other things. So... Yeah. Peace. Peace, guys. Later. Thank you guys Later. for supporting us. Thank I, you. I, I, can't, I can't English right now.